Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, what's up? It's your girl Tamara, a.k.a. Girl from Harlem. It's your cousin Juju. And this is Ray Daniels, a.k.a. The Culture Referee. And this is the Culture Report presented by Sir. The God Show. Woo! Let's get it. Let's get it. And, and today Let's we have, it, uh, you know, we always like to have people on the seat, on, in the blue couch that we can argue with, talk, mess with, beef with, all that other stuff. I'm scared. And I'm before, hold on, but before we get started, let me just make sure I shout out our sponsors. Without you, it's no us. Toten Carey. Yoko Vaca, and all of the other people that seem to want to be a part of what we're doing right now. I love all of you guys more than you can ever know. But today we have, uh, I, if I had to say, in my si- by the way, this is actually a great show. Oh, my God, this is so dope. Because okay, I think you got three of the smartest people in Atlanta mm. on the couch in the music yeah. business. Not saying nothing about Tamira, because Tamira is yeah, But in the music business. So this should be a fun show. This Probably guy is though. brilliant. He is a Virgo. Oh, man. Uh, oh my God. He, he is wrote, that a requirement to be on this couch? I'm just, no, I'm not saying I'm yes. saying he is a Virgo and he's brilliant. And I wanted to bring him back because he dropped the book. But I also wanted to bring it back because he thinks left and I like left thoughts. Man. So let's give it up for J.R. McKee, everybody. Everybody yeah. call J.R. McKee. Thank you. And, and J.R. just you. dropped Don't this book. Don't argue in the comments. Okay. J.R. just dropped this book called The Ten Artist Commandments. Um, and I think, and by the way, and I know he my brother because he sent me a copy months before it came out to get my thoughts. Yeah. And um, it's really good. It's 10 principles to create enduring success in the music and the business of entertainment. That's right. And he's here to talk to you guys. And, you know, if you're watching this, go buy his book. I'll make sure we put the link in the bio of YouTube uh, yes. or we put at the bottom of the page. But hopefully he gives us a, a, a code where we see where it comes from and we work out some kind of, what do they call that, Don Vito? Uh, uh, affiliate, affiliate marketing. Affiliate marketing. Maybe we do some affiliate right marketing. We sell it. Show. The God Show. And, and, and J.R. McKee. So everybody get up for J.R. J.R., yeah, welcome. Man. Welcome, And I'm going to hold this welcome. book on my lap while we do the show <laughs> for as long as I can. But dope, sure. my brother, thanks for coming. Thanks uh, for having me. How, what made you want to write this book? Um, you know, I've been in the game 18 years, actually 19 now. So, um, let me go ahead and stop saying 18 because now it's been 19. I've, I've been in the game 19 years and I just have seen so many different eras and I, it's, it's changing faster than I ever seen. Like we went from playlisting being the most important, um, to TikTok being the most mm. important to now TikTok don't even work no more. Like <laughs> that was like in a span of like two years. And so it's like the, the game's changing so fast. I'm like, I need to give people what they need to do regardless of what's going on in the mm. game. Yes. I need to get them the principles of the successful people, no matter what era they came from. And so I really went back over the last 18 years and I'm like, okay, 
we broke artists in the MySpace era. We broke artists in the 106 and Park era. We broke artists in the TikTok era. What did they have in common? Because it wasn't the era. The eras were completely different. It doesn't matter what, if you do if you do it right. It doesn't exactly. matter what era you in. If you follow these sets of principles, you're going to be successful no matter what's going on on social media, et cetera. And so I gave them the 10 principles. And so that's what this book is. It's a 10 artist commandment. So no matter when you're thinking about dropping your music, you're going to be successful. By the way, y'all know, you want to know how you know I love this brother and I fought with this brother because I have a book I wrote too called The Four Artists Agreements. Mm-hmm. And why would I give someone a platform if that was my competition? But I don't see it as that. Amen. I see it as two, I see it as someone doing something important for our people. And to be honest with you, whether you buy his or you buy mine or you buy whoever, as long as you are investing in yourself, we're going to be fine. And to me, yeah, I'm saying you should though, by the way. I mean, yeah. I, by the way, I want you to, but I just want people to see that there is no such thing as competition, competition. when y'all are friends and when y'all are working together. And not only that, his book motivates me to want to go harder for mine, and that's what it's about. So I wanted to put that out there for people who feel like there's not a room for uh, there's not Everybody. enough room for everyone. There's room for all of us. I think yeah. gives people perspective too. Both books, like because it's like you're coming, you're coming from the mind of this mastermind and the mind of that mastermind, right? To put two plans but, together. But, but can I tell you, can I tell you something? I will yeah. tell you something. So I read it. And it was it was funny because obviously I, I was in the middle of mine. I wasn't even done when I read yours. I was like yeah. 95% done. And when I read it, I was like, man, this dude is so smart and professional. <laughs> and then I started looking at mine because mine kind of comes off like a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like he spoke but, like uh like he spoke like a professional. Yeah. Like like and I'm like, man, this mine look and I was like, you know what, but that's dope though, because it's every, a different mindset. It's a different mindset. Yeah. Like you're gonna attract different people, but I'm I'm an avid reader. And the, the thing that I've learned from books and everybody should take away from from reading any any book, it's it's all about reading that line that's gonna spark the idea. Yes. So it's not about what I wrote, it's about what what when you read what ideas spark in your head. Exactly. And so reading your book and then reading my book. It, it won't matter. It's not a competition. It's like read something that's going to spark ideas. Yes. And so reading from Ray's standpoint is going to spark a totally different idea than reading from JR's standpoint. Yep. And so that's why you read both of them. You read as much as you can because you want these ideas flowing. That's how you become successful. Exactly. And so I would just tell everybody, be, be avid readers. And if you want to be in the music business, find every JR and every Ray you can and buy their book. But by the way, yes. And... I was, I was just telling this to Jack, um, Burgundy Jack, we was talking earlier, and I said, yeah. I learned because I'll have a conversation with seven people. Mm-hmm. I'll call seven people, ask them the same different question, and then that's how I learned. So it is about getting perspective, even though as I read yours, it's very in line with what I wrote. It's just I, yours was like like the lawyer up uh, one. I'm like, I didn't mention lawyers, but yeah. my book to me was the prequel to Donald Passman's book. Like my book yeah. was... Yeah. You don't need to know nothing about the music business until you know how to navigate through the people in it. And here's how they think. That was that was right. the perspective of my book. That's how to like win the art no matter of war what. Right yeah, there. I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I read that too. Oh, nah. <laughs> I like and that. I, and the way. I, and by the way, there's yeah. a mention. That there's a story in the book where you were in the room for the story. Oh wow! And I don't want to say it on record because mm-hmm. then it kind of gives it away. But I'll tell you when we off. But yeah. But so so, what made you want to do it now? Like. Right. You, the way I always saw you is that you are, like, what, by the way, everybody, we, we, we in October 2023? Mm-hmm. No, November. November. November, November, November 1st. November 1st, yeah. JR is in January 2025 right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, just being honest, right? So Appreciate for me, it's like, it. I want to know yeah. what made you write it now because I know it's all about a part of a big, we spoke about it, by the way, but yeah. I know it's a part of a big plan. 
Right. You know what? Um, a friend of mine reminded me that that years ago I told them, you know, by by a certain age, I wanted to open a school. And I didn't even remember that. But I just know I always had a passion for educating people. Yes. Um, and and over the past few years, I've been doing that on social media via content. But I needed a I needed a different way. Like you can't reach everybody with the same medium. Yes. And so I needed to I needed to put together different mediums to reach more people. And a book is a a timeless way to meet to reach people. And It'll also, be around for a hundred years. Exactly. Yes. And, and also, um, that's why you have to write it in a timeless manner. Like you can't write about the moment. You have to write about it in a timeless manner. So I wrote this book in a timeless manner, so it can be a timeless piece. So we're we're number one on Amazon in the music business. Yeah, Congratulations. But thank right. you so much. But the by the way, that's what he was talking about. I said yeah. I want to be a New York Times bestseller. Yeah, and he said I want to be number one on Amazon. Yeah, and I was like telling him my why. He was telling me his why. I was like, that's what I like about him. He's yeah. smart and he's on his own. I love I love independent thinkers. Right, but, but and so but the point I'm making is the book that we are competing against to be uh, number one or were competing against to be number one is Donald Passon book. Yes, that book is over ten years old. And so even while I'm number one for the moment. My hope is that in 10 years, somebody's competing with my book to be number one. If sure. I can write this book in 10 yeah. years later, still be competing, which Donald Passman is. So, so it's, just, it's that excitement there that I was like, yo, I really want to do this. Did you set a number in your head? Of sales or? Of, of books you want to sell. I did. I did. Um, and I'm nowhere near it. <laughs> um, of course you're not. I'm, I'm asking, yeah. do you have a number? I do. You, you want, want me to say it out loud? Yes. All right. How so many books do you want to sell? I got a number two, and I'll say mine with yeah. you. All right. Let me tell you my calculations. And, and so now I'm going to break it down. So number one, when I this number that I came up with, it's not in total. It's my number that I want to sell in the near future. You know what I mean? It's, it's my starting point because in, in eventually these books should sell millions. Yes. But my starting point is um is was one hundred and twenty thousand, mm. but but the reason the reason it was one hundred and twenty thousand is because that's how many songs get uploaded uploaded to Spotify a day. And so I'm like, yo, if it's 120,000 songs getting uploaded a day, I was like, I just want to capture one day. If I can get 120,000 of those people to read my that's book, fire. you know what I mean? And so I was like, let me just capture one day. And so that's why I wanted to do 120,000. But that's, like I said, that's my starting point. Yeah. Like my goal, I'm going to go as hard as I can that I get to that number. And then the thing about a book is it'll, it'll take on its own life. For sure. You know what I mean? And so I want to get to that number and then let the book blossom from there. You want to hear my number? Okay, let me hear it. I ain't gonna lie. I was. was I said. I. I really believe that yeah. I'm gonna sell 10 million books. Yeah. That's and right. Let me tell you why though. Yeah. Because. Because number one, in my world, that's diamond, right? Yes. It's mm. a diamond album. Yes. But for me, my thought process was very similar to yours. I said if because it's more than I think the number is like 158. Dallas Austin was. We talked and he. T you know he has a distribution company, so he was mm. like 150 to 160 thousand. Now the number's higher. And my thought process was if there are on average 52 million songs that come out a year, then I should be able to sell a million. Well, I've said 10 million books. That's the, obviously the final number. But yeah. my, my first short-term goal, not, not short-term, that's going to sound crazy, but was a million. Because I was yeah. like, if I can sell to 2.5% or 2% or whatever the number is of the, number of the people that's dropping songs every year, then that's enough. But I believe that how you do one thing is how you do everything. So I believe that the 10 million number works because like Jack read it and Jack was like, I'm not an artist, but it helped me. My writer who right. I hired wrote it, yeah. read it and who wrote it with me was like, Ray, I've written X amount of books and she probably said like 40, 50 books. And she was like, no book that I've written has helped me. Mm. But, and mind you, she's not even in the music business, but right. she was like, cause, I, cause right. I wrote it very, I wrote it to the 14 year old kids out there that want to be in music. Mm. But I also wrote it from the perspective that 
Tunji at Dev Jam will say, how many hours you got on Dev Jam? 75? Order 75 books because they yeah, all need yeah, to read it to make to our lives easy. Mm. Right. Because I, I wrote it from that pers- I wrote it from the perspective of that. Go ahead. I have a question. So does the pres- does your approach in marketing change in now uh, uh, going with the book sales instead of music? Because the demographic you're reaching now is a lot different. Whereas in, yeah. it's, a, it's a whole nother playing field that you're in now. Does that change? No, it's, it's the it's the literal same thing, man. Um, the, the process for marketing is, is content. You know what I mean? Um, whether you're marketing a brand, a person, a church, um, anything, anything you're marketing, you're going to market it with content. So marketing music and marketing a book is literally the same process. And I just follow the same stuff I teach. I say, I tell these artists, man, document everything. I documented everything. You know what I mean? I tell these artists, make content daily. Um, and, and, and Ray, this will help you. Literally, the days that I don't post, I don't sell. But every time I post, 20 plus sales. Wow. You know what I mean? And so what does that mean? I mean, I post every day. This is why you I spoke I mean? to my team yeah. about what we just had a meeting about. I'm like, if we're not, you cannot be shameful about promoting. Yeah. And I think that I read this book, The 17 Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. It's the reason why I can say I'm a millionaire is that book. I would mm-hmm. recommend it to anybody. I buy it for everybody who I fuck with. Yeah. But he says that. He says poor people see promotion as negative. And rich people understand that you need to promote what you're doing to win. Yeah. So there, you can't be shameful in promoting yourself. Yeah. Or your at, message. At I'll give you a great example of that. Like, yeah. so I don't know, you familiar with Rima, right? Rima? Uh, Rima, yes. Rima, yes, Rima yes, yeah. Records. Yeah. Shout out to Tega. I was having a conversation with Tega about a month ago, and the reason Rima is one of the biggest artists right now in Nigeria when it comes to streaming, Rima said, we we are shameless with promotion. Yeah, you gotta said, be. If, I, if I, we invest into making a record, we're going to market that record and sell that record. By the, yeah. by the way, I got to say this. I've been saying this for the last 10 years, and I haven't said it on the show yet. Our, the music industry, we are the only industry that spends more money on the product than we spend yeah, to market it. Yeah. Like Nike yeah. spends $12 to make Jordans, right? Or whatever the cost is to make them. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they market up, but they yeah. spend way more money on the, the promoting of it. The music yeah. business, we're the only business where they'll pay a producer 35k but then be like all we got is 5k for tiktok promotion like how you think why (laughs) you think we lack it why you think we lack it that's a great point man that is (laughs) like we don't like think about it in the movies if if you in the movie business if they spend 10 million on a movie they they put a lot 10 million for marketing we're the only business where we so when people be like i got a three million dollar deal what's your marketing budget look like yeah. Well, I mean, I can tell you on the book, I've I've spent much, much more than I did creating the book. Um, I actually I actually did a post the other day, like author expenses, and wrote down my expenses. I saw that, and and you know, just to be honest, that I didn't put the real prices because it would have shocked people. Now you should have. <laughs> it would have shocked people. Like if I would have put how much I really spent, they would have like this don't even make sense. How much is really spent? You want to say? It? I nah, want to hear that. So, so on because I think it was sixteen thousand total. So, so no, no, so it was sixteen thousand on, on, on a post. post. Yeah. Right. So PR was four thousand, but that was a month. So you had to multiply that times three. That's twelve thousand in PR. Yeah. Um, as far as as far as the the release party, the release party alone was probably like twenty k. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I two thousand right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I put. I put I bought that uh that custom painting. I got my uh what do you call it? Um I commission. That. Yeah. That commission painting was four thousand. Mm. Um that plaque that I ordered, that was fifty five hundred. Mm. Um and, and I did that all for the party, but the plaque ended up coming late, sadly. But it worked out. Um the plaque I ordered is fifty five hundred. The event space was four thousand. 
Um, the food at the party was five thousand. Like literally, I paid the dude five flat. Like I had him bring because yeah, he sent me like seventy yeah. five hundred. I'm like, yo, if you can do it for five flat, you'll be my guy. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> so like, I, I spent way more than that. Um, man, even even buying the books because most people now, especially on Amazon, they they print the books for you. But I bought I bought about a thousand books. That that was um forty five hundred. Mm. You know what I mean? The, the box was about like four fifty a book. Um, the the promotional banners in the book tour, the book tour alone was probably like twenty k. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it was just so it was just so much money. But the point the point of everything I did was for content. But I didn't do, I didn't do like none of the the plaque. I bought a plaque for content. The commission painting was for content. The release party was for content. The book tour was for, it was all to create more content. I, you know what I mean? I swear to God, I know what you're saying because I ordered plaques because. In the book that I wrote, I was telling the story. So I'm like, I did this with this artist and I got the plaque to prove it. But I yeah. didn't have the plaque. So I had to make sure I ordered had it. Order. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to make sure that when you saw it. So even even on my house, like I, I had plaques on my wall, but I like I, I bought like maybe like 20 more because I wanted to make sure. And that cost money. That was like $13,000. But So for me, it was like, I see what you're saying. But to me, it's important though. Like, by the way, I want to order. Yeah. I want you connect with the people that gave you that that plaque that you made because I want to yeah. get one of those. When I saw yeah. it, I was like, "Shit, crazy! Ooh. Shit, fire!" Bro, I'm I, I got twenty plus plaques that I need yeah. to order, and I just yeah. haven't ordered them for the simple fact well, I was like, "I've done it." Well, I've see, that's the thing. Like, if I would have ordered all my plaques, I, they, where are they gonna go? Yeah, but so, but, I, so I condensed it and made it one plaque because there's no way. I, what I'm gonna do with all them plaques? You know what I mean, so I, so I made it one plaque, but I got I got the idea, <laughs> I got the idea from uh from Bird because you just bought a new house. Yeah, I bought a new house. Yeah, plenty of wall room. Bro, I cannot fit all. Bro, if I ride wave alone, it's probably like eighteen plaques. Yeah, you know what I mean. Then yeah. you got a little dirt. Like it, it would have been ridiculous. Yeah, but it you should know what be. Mean? By the way, it should, it should be. be. You tell me why? I should, <laughs> bro, let me tell you why. Because because people like you, Juju, myself, like we're out there talking. Yeah. And I know there's people watching saying, who the fuck is this dude and what did he do? Yeah. And for me, sometimes you got to have that one pin. Like I got a pin on my page. There's two pins I got on my page. One yeah. is the old plaque room in mm -hmm. my house. And then the other one is me on the cover of XXL magazine. Just yeah, in case somebody's watching and that. they're like, yeah. who is these guys? Let me tell you who I am. Just so you understand. <laughs> I'm, not, like, I, I'm, like, I'm not just talking. I'm, what I, I like to say, like, I'm not also, I'm not the president. I'm also a client of my, my, yeah, of my yeah. fucking you, information. You and do what you work. say. Yes. So yeah. for me, it's like, and also, I don't like to brag on what I do. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. like to brag on what I do because I just think that I'm past that. Like, it's like, once you win your sixth ring, it's like you don't act the same like you're on your first. It's like kind of like, act like you've been here before. So yeah. that was important. But sometimes you got to make sure you got them rings. Just so Mike can know. Like, I, I, I feel you. I feel you. But I just, I, I don't have no place to put all. It, it wouldn't have made no sense, bro. So I was like, you, you know, know what? I'm the world's a, biggest plaque. Yeah, I was like, I'm just going to get one plaque. And now, so, I'm, I'm going to get one, but I'm yeah. going to have one amongst the other ones. That's going to be my. Well, yeah, because you probably already got so many. Like, I, I, I stopped think, ordering plaques like back in like the K-Camp days. Like, that's probably like my, my oldest plaque. My, I think I mean, I my, have, my newest plaque into this one. I think I have 87 in my house. Wow. 87. Yeah. And But I ain't going to lie to you, though. Like, for me, it's like, to me, it's like the one thing that I feel like my mother, my kids, yeah. my entire family all take pride in because you know like we're like we're like offensive linemen in the nfl yeah, like that's a fact. nobody knows us you know don't get me wrong the quarterback does the quarterback you. knows us yeah. because the, so when the quarterback went mvp they give us rings like yeah. rolex watches as a thank you but and we make good money by the way but yeah. we're offensive linemen like we don't walk offensive what i mean by that guys is that an offensive lineman walks up to a club 
He has to say who he is. They like it's a big motherfucker. He like six eight, three hundred seventy five pounds. Who is this guy? He got to tell you, I'm offensive lineman for the because no one cares about them. Man. Defensive linemen get a little bit more credit because they actually sacking people. Like, right, right, but right. offensive linemen, their only goal is to block. To block. So for me, it's like we're offensive linemen. So how do you let a motherfucker know? Oh, I'm not like them though. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit different than those I guys. Like I'm actually that. So that's why that's why I do it. Yeah. But um, I, I'm, I'm gonna send you, I'm gonna send you the, the info. Yeah, like me. that's that's different. <laughs> that's one. That's well, when you, got, when you, when you have an eighteen wheeler pull up to drop off your plaque. Yeah, yeah. When, it, when, when I saw that, I was like, "This nigga." Stop. <laughs> he, had a, he had a forklift take his plaque yeah, off. Yeah, I had to, man. But, but not only that, like I feel like if people want to. Like I feel like I'm pretty sure that there are times when somebody's like, "What does your son do?" They like. He's in the music business, yeah. but it's hard. Like, I Man, know what I had you to do. tell my parents, stop telling people what I do. Yeah. They called me too much. Oh, you, you, this guy, he rap. He live in my building. No. I don't. Who? You don't know me. One of the last <laughs> ones I ordered was from my mom. The last plaque I ordered, yeah. I gave it to my mom because I never gave yeah. him my degree. So I was like, yo, like, this is hard. what I do. Oh, I like so, like, my, my, all my plaques are at my mom's house. Like, I don't have any plaques in my house except for that new one. So, my mom has all my plaques. You know what I mean? But I stopped ordering them years ago. You know, because I, I didn't have, I was living in condos. I didn't have no place to live as far as like a, a big house or whatever. But now I got that house and I I feel what Ray's saying, but I want to fill my house with art. It's so like we buy art. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why I got art in the house too. Yeah. But when you come in that bitch, <laughs> you going to see them, <laughs> you gonna see them flags. When you come in that bitch, you going to motherfucking yeah. know he's somebody. <laughs> he's somebody. You could tell that from the, the house though. That's when they pull up to the house, they can tell we somebody. Nah, nah, but, but when they pull up to my house, they be trying to figure out who is this somebody. Is he? Yeah. So they like drop. They be like, who but is see, this the guy? People who's trying to figure out who I am. I don't want them to know who I am. Mm. <laughs> the people who pull up to my house trying to figure out what's going on. No, you don't need to know me. Yeah, nah, Just yeah. drop it off there, play it, and keep it pushing. But, but they also might be book buyers. So for me, I look at it like this: like the energy I put out is the energy I get back. I I, like I, I just had somebody interview drop off furniture to my house, and mm-hmm. I guess I have a big Mike Will plaque, and yeah. for some reason he might have said. That is this Mike Will house. And then my mother was like, no, it's my son's house. That's his name. And then the guy calls me like, yo, your, your furniture's delivered. Okay, cool. Thanks a lot, brother. Man, I didn't know that. It's you. Ray Daniels. Yeah, yeah. Man, I want to talk to you, man. I rap. No. I do this. And my thing is, is like, the way, in, the, in the space that I'm in right now, everyone is a customer. Okay. Whether you're watching a podcast, whether you're buying a product. Whether yes. you're, so, I, so now, because I see it that way, I can't be hidden. I want you to know, because there are people who might say, I've been to this, you know how this shit is. Man, I bought this book, I've well, been Ray, to this, this house. This, this man now knows where you live. Yeah, but he, oh, but, but, good luck, but good luck coming over the property. No, I'm, 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 I'm about to say, my, my driveway is about uh, uh, three, like a, a half a mile long. Yeah. And you can't get through the gate. And yeah. I have a security I guy that, that lives bro. with me. Right. I love. Oh, I don't got the security. I got, I got, I got, I got the long I got, driveway with I got the gate. People, and I love that. I got people downstairs. So I got people downstairs <laughs> who want you yeah. to chart come through. Like they want you. Wow. So for me, it's like. But and another thing is that I had to. I had to delete that mentality from myself because sometimes PTSD. No, hear me out. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes PTSD causes us to not see how far we've come, mm. and also, I'm not baby. I'm not the number one stunner, right? Yeah. I'm like, like, I'm showing you what I have, but more importantly, I'm showing you how to get it. Mm. Yeah. So to me, it's like, if you fuck with me, nigga, you fucking with God's child right now, because I'm on a mission that God sent me to be. So at that yeah. moment, I just be worried, like, if you do, you's a dumbass anyway, bro, brother. Man. That's where you at, you know what that's I mean? Plus, so for me, I look at, that's how I look at it. I just, I used to be caught up in that, like, I don't want people to know him, but I'm like, well, when you go to L.A., nigga, L.A., they be, come to the house. Come to the house. Come to the house, L.A., boy. And that's why they keep getting robbed, ain't it? 
Yeah. That's why you That's always why they keep getting robbed. <laughs> but in but also in Atlanta, it's an open carry state. And I have I have yeah. guns in every room. That's why I love that gate, man. Cause I'm like, love you, know, the gate. you know what I mean? That's love why I love, love that gate. gate, bro. I'm like, man, I, I just feel so secure. Uh, and then you got the camera at the gate, so like it notifies me as soon as you pull up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I know for you even get to the gate. Me too. Ocean. And so, man, I thank God. Yeah. <laughs> thank God for thank God for standing on your own and doing what you do. Man, thank thank God, God for that. Man. But but you on the coast report. Uh-oh. Oh, so, so, so switching gears real quick. Go ahead. Yeah. Digital marketing. Yes, this sir. This is a hot topic. Yes, sir. What is digital marketing? For those who don't understand, because I explain this yeah. every day at a label, where I have artists hit me up and say, hey, I need digital marketing. I'm like, do you even know what digital marketing is? I mean, at, at this stage in the game, you know, a digital marketer's main job is to spread the content. So art, everything has to, well, most everything is going to come from the artists and their content, right? But it's like, once they get that piece of content that really works, okay, what's next? And so the digital marketer job is to spread that content, that sound, that song, um, so, for example, my artist just had a post, you know, we had multiple, do like a million views on his page, on his Instagram. And so it was like, I go to my digital marketer and I say, okay, bro, this is moving, you know, take it and run with it. And so he puts it on the blogs. He gets the TikTok bloggers to react to it. Um, he runs the ads on it. Uh, he just makes sure, he just spreads the visibility of that content as well as the sound itself, the sound bite, the song, right? So <clears throat> this is moving. I need you to spread this song. So he'll hire the right influencers. He, his job is to basically spread the content. He's spreading the audio content and spreading the visual content. That's the digital marketer's number one job. Now you can get into, you know, what you would call like a digital marketing plan, um, but <clears throat> to be quite honest, I think it's more, it's worth your time more to focus on content creation than trying to come up with some marketing scheme. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's, that's my opinion. Like I would rather focus on creating the dopest content because that's what's going to move the needle the most versus a, a crazy marketing scheme. Amen. I agree. Speaking. I think great content is a crazy marketing scheme. Yeah. 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 yeah and Speaking I, of marketing schemes and great content. Oh Lord. Kasanai and um, friends have been ta- have been doing live streaming from jail. So they've been in jail for the past seven days. He had friends like Drewski stop by, Chris, Chris Rock. Um, but the internet is having a big deba- battle about it. So mm. it's split into some people are saying they're just having fun. These are skits. People know the difference between reality and truth. And some people are saying that they're glorifying jail and kind of since Kasanai's Fan base is kind of influential teenagers that they're pointing a negative picture. So I wanted you guys inputs. Do you think Kasanat is using his platform in a negative way, or is he just having fun and kind of furthering his fan base? I I, I don't have probably answered it. Juju, you want to go first? I I love I love this. You brought this up. So I think there there has to be a, a. prerequisite for this right mm-hmm. like there has to be a disclaimer right so Kasanat he has a he has an I wouldn't say an obligation but he really has an obligation to the youth because most of his majority of his fan base is youth right yeah so where when we came up we had Comedy Central we had places where we knew like this is jokes this is comedy right where I think the new medium by him being a, a, a 24-hour streamer you are the like you are the new Comedy Central for these kids right so by you being that that space you have to have a disclaimer where it says I'm not glorifying this. This is not jail is not cool, but this is all jokes. Where I think kids now they're so impressionable that we that we're giving them a the like we're not telling them that this is not jokes. So they're like, oh well, Kashinat, they were in jail. Like these kids yeah, won't know fun, the difference. Yeah. yeah, like they think it's funny. So I think that there's a fine line. Like there's a fine line between we understand comedy and humor, but 
I can't say the same thing about a 12-year-old that's at that's in eighth grade right now who's like, well, shit, I play GTA every day. Or I, I, I play Call of Duty. Like, and that's their mindset. I listen to Young Boy all day. Like, that their mindset is is already set is what it is. So I it's mean, a fine line. Just just as a parent, man, <clears throat> you know, it's my responsibility to take care of what my children are watching. You know what I mean? And so <clears throat> I wouldn't have my children watching this without the understanding of this is fake. I mean, so while Kai should have some sort of disclaimer on there, you know, I, I do think that it's really more on the parents because if you if your kid is 12 and they don't know this isn't real, that's your fault in so, my mind. So my question is, there's seven hours out of the day that you're not with your child. That's when they're in school. Mm-hmm. So how can you control how somebody else raised their kid? Because now you got to think. You can tell you can instill the, the morals and values in your child. So, so I, I got you. So the thing about it is my child is going to know better before they even click play. You know what I mean? So it's not about I didn't I didn't catch them in the act of watching this. My child is going to have the knowledge and understanding of the world to know what's real and what's fake because I'm going to be trained them the right way. And so my point is, if I if I if my child knows the consequences of right and wrong and they know what's going on in the world and the possibilities of what they can face in the world, then when they click play on this, they're going to be wise enough to know, oh, this is some BS. You know what I mean? They just having fun. I can laugh at this, but this ain't how I really go. And so I, I just feel like it's, it's on the parent, but it's also on kind of have some sort of disclaimer I, on there. You know, if, it's, if there's no disclaimer, I have a problem with it. But if there is, then it's like, okay, you should have taught your kid better. Absolutely, got you. My thing is this. He could have picked any place to go. I think yeah. what Kai did with going to jail is what's wrong with today's society. Mm-hmm. We don't take nothing serious, right? <sighs> That's for sure. Everything is a joke, and, like, you're in there laughing, joking, playing, and there's people who are really in jail trying to get out. Like, let me I ask you a question. You think Thug thought it was funny? Mm. Not at all. And then now Hickam Chopper, right? You think mm. wife and Lucy thought that was funny? You think a nigga that's doing... To me, I feel like the internet is dangerous because there are no rules and responsibilities, and as long as it got views, it's, it's, it's a win. And to me, yeah. that was... Like, I like Kasana, by the way. I talked about I him. Too. But to me, that was one of those, like... My nigga, you stupid. Like, like Damn. why would you? Like, why would like, you? Even, why would you even play cool. like that? I feel you. A skit is cool, but then when you take like my thing is like there's there's no because it's such a strong medium yeah. and he like it's it's different when you have to understand your influence. Like when you when you assimilate yourself into a role, like we we know we have influence. Yeah. So like there's certain there's a certain way I have to carry myself at all times because I know that like I still go back and talk at schools. Yeah. yeah. So I, I still want to be the person that's that's showing kids that like yo like this is what we supposed this is right this is yeah. wrong and I feel like now. There's a skit, it's cool. A skit, yeah. we, it's, it's a skit, it's a joke. Skit is cool. But wait, now, I, it's seven full days of it? If, if you wait, glorifying he, it? He just made a great point. It reminded me of exactly how I felt when Will Smith did that slave movie. Because I'm like, Will Smith, you could pick any role you want. You could create your own role. Why are you continuing to portray us in this way? Yeah, but like, like my thing is... So, I, so, I, so to, now I get what you're saying. So my thing is, is that, my thing is, is that there's nothing fun about jail. There's nothing yeah. cool about jail. There's nobody in jail that wants to be in jail, Absolutely. right? Everybody wants to be out. out and you're jail. coming in, that's whack. Like, and, Scared, and, straight yeah. was, Scared Straight was not a joke for that us. That was like, real. It was, was real. real. But now that 60 real. Days In was great because it was it on some spy you. shit on how it really goes down in jail, right? right? Yeah. But that's enough for us. Yeah. yeah. That's, I, I will watch I you do it. You. But for me to have a to have this kid in jail, I saw Chopper it too. It looks like somebody. Acting camp. like somebody trying to fuck. Like, that shit is not 
fucking funny. I don't know nobody who's enjoyed jail after booking. Like right. once you, yeah. once you, once you, if if, if you've really been in jail and you, and you go sit in booking, you like God damn. But hit me, but hit me out, but hit me out. But she but, like but, she know about. But, that. But, but, <laughs> but, but, but Chris Chris Rock has a famous joke from the late nineties where he said, yeah. when he said black people are the only people who, if you serve time in jail, they're gonna throw you a release party. But if you come home from getting your master's degree, they like we don't give a fuck. Mm. And to me, what Kai did was set us back. Like, mm. nigga, you could have easily just went to Harvard and said, yeah. I want to be a student at Harvard and live in the dorm and Ooh. show us that. That would have been dope. Ooh. Why jail? You know why jail? Because y'all don't think right. that y'all can end up there. Y'all yep. don't think, y'all think it's a joke, right? It's until like, it's ah, real. It's a joke. Until it's, it's, real. It's, a, it's a joke. That's what, and to me, that's what, what JR said as parents that we have to be able to do. Like, like my, my issue with today's society is that we don't speak enough about the consequences. That's why I like the rap that I grew up listening to because he gave you consequences. What we do is wrong. Like they saying it's not right. They're not glorifying. They're like, what we do is wrong. This Jay-Z's like, I didn't tell you to sell crack. No, I did that. So hopefully you yeah, don't have to, to go, go through, through that. that. Yeah. Like that now we got niggas like, now nah, let's sell crack and see how fun it is. And <laughs> I'm gonna be a crack dealer. And you know, oh, it's like YouTube. Dog, you got you got you seen them videos of the dude that's running up on prostitutes with the with the drone? No. It's a what? dude running up on prostitutes on the corner that's on with a drone. Like, and these girls like covering their face, running away. It's like, that's the world we live in now. There's dog, dog. I just said this earlier. You will not teach a 10-year-old about sex. Right? You know, in 10 years, they're probably gonna be having sex. But you also know teaching them about sex at the age of 10 is wrong. Right? Mm. Okay, so that means that we acknowledging that one day you're gonna have sex, but there's a such thing as too much information. And to me, what's happening with the world right now, why people are depressed, why people are sad, why people are mass shootings, why people, because people are, have access to other people's happiness. And let me tell you something. When I, when, I, when I was a kid, I didn't know people that had, that lived good lives. So I didn't yeah. know I was missing something. Everybody I knew was in the fucking projects. So I, that was normal life to me. Mm -hmm. So imagine, that's why we have the water boys. That's why we have the society so fucked up. They actually see on the internet, Rolexes, lifestyle, time. money. They want that shit. And they think that they supposed to get it. And that's why they run up on people like JR who drive a nice car, say, man, just give me some money, bro. It's like, y'all don't understand. With, we're giving too much rewards without showing how we got there. Yeah. To me, that's yeah. why I think this show is so dope because yeah. JR is like, that's why I said, tell us what you spent. I spent this. We, he's showing you, I am unafraid to invest. And my thing is that, Absolutely. you know, let me tell you how important investing is. Somebody, one of your cousins come in your house. They're like, yo, Juju, let me get this shirt. You're like, oh, what, that shirt? That shirt cost me $3. I got a shirt for $10 for H&M. But if it was a shirt you pay 1000 for, how you going to treat it? Like, Lobby. give me that shirt. <laughs> Crazy, I paid $1,000 for that shit. You don't put that shit back in my closet. <laughs> See what I'm saying? So to me, I feel like that's why it's important to invest. That's why I'm glad you said it, because we're showing the work it took to get it. Yeah, you see yeah. it in my closet, but you don't know how many hours I put in to get the money to buy it. Mm -hmm. And we right. got to do more of that or we're going to fuck these kids up. Absolutely. Because these kids are growing up sad, depressed, lonely, crying, all this other stuff because they're like, I don't have and they have. I'm about to say, and we even now, like being a parent, you got to account for other people not parenting their kids properly. Oh my God, yeah. And that yeah, shit, that's, sure. that's, that's, that's the hardest part. Yeah. You, like, you don't know what people could like. I'm not sending my daughter to no fucking sleepover now. Hell no. What the hell's going on with people? Like, our kids are not. Our kids are staying. Uh, we have a playground in my house. We have a mm -hmm. basketball court. You would do everything here. You got a pool. You ain't going nowhere. I, I know 
I don't want no one influencing my kids. But I have mm. one fear in life. It's something happening to me and someone raising my kid telling what a man is. Mm. Oh, my God. By the way, I got to have a side note. I have to take some credibility. I have to take some accountability. accountability. Oh, that, I'm sorry. I take some accountability. <laughs> because yesterday I was trick-or-treating with my daughter. Let me hear it. And I really said to myself, man, we really are the problem. Men are. Because, <sighs> hear me out. Let me tell you why. What is happening? Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Hear me out. Hear me out. What is happening? So I'm, I'm, my daughter's trick-or-treating. And my daughter is, she's six. And now while we're trick-or-treating, she wants to sit on my shoulder. So now my daughter's like, I don't feel like walking around this neighborhood. So she rides <laughs> my shoulder. And every time I did something, she kissed me on my head. Like she would kiss me on the top of my mm -hmm. head because she was on my shoulder. So it got to the point where I'm like, every time I did something, she was like, like I got her some candy. I knocked on the door, da, da, da. She was like, daddy, you deserve a kiss. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself, some little boy going to have hell because she thinks when you do something nice for her, all she has to do is give you a damn kiss. Uh, it really hit hard, me like, man. hold on. Like, and mind you, I wouldn't do that with my son. And my, I, I would let my son sit on my shoulder, but he, I wouldn't tell him like, thank you for a, a hug. It's like, he's a boy. So the girl, I was like, damn, I'm really fucking my daughter up. And then the crazy part to me, I just say this one more part. Yeah. Love it. She could, my daughter's heavy. So she's about 60 pounds. <laughs> so, you know, I'm walking through dark neighborhoods. And if, by the way, she ain't got no jacket. She forgot a jacket at the house. It's cold last night. So now I got to give her my jacket. Mm -hmm. So I got a t-shirt on. <laughs> walking in a freezing cold with her on my shoulder. Her father's love, man. What? Yeah. And, all, and I was just like. But she's just a princess And she's of the just castle. like. And then she got to the point where she knew I was tired. She could tell, like, not she, you know, by, by the way, she couldn't tell, but my brother-in-law was there, my sister's husband, and he kept saying, like, leave, leave your dad alone. And she just started getting sweet and sweeter, like, daddy, I just can't believe that my daddy is so good, and you're going to get my shoulders, and you're going to give me the view. And I'm like, and I'm like, and at that point with JR, I'm like, I, should, I need to stop this shit. Right. <laughs> but I, I went along with it. I'm like, I'm fucking her. Oh, she's up. getting a Bentley for her. So birthday. I understand it now. Like, I should have told her, a kiss is not enough. But what am I setting the standard up by telling her, a kiss is not enough? Yeah. When did, when? So yeah, now I'm like, now, so now I'm like, I don't know what to do now. All I know <laughs> is it's a, that it's a difficult I'm fucking line. up and it's going to be some little boy's problem in the yeah. future. That's all I do. Some little boy going to be like, I hate your goddamn father. That's what he taught you. I need you to get out there and hustle. No, 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 no. My dad told me I'm a princess. I'm trying to tell you. Yes. So I, so I, so I had to tell you that on record. I take the blame. You go to the next Thank subject. You. I just say that. I, I'm, I'm still shocked. Like, I'm just like... <laughs> Thank you. This is this is like a life moment I've been waiting for. So, Let's go. Um, all right. So next thing, Keith Lee took over Atlanta and has everybody that. in shambles. We spoke about this. We actually have a clip going we viral everywhere right now about this. Sierra texted me this morning with the clip. That's how I'm like, I'm no... All right, so the people who don't know, Keith Lee is a famous TikTok um, food reviewer. He has over a million followers. He goes to um, cities, for, for the most part, not more smaller towns, but um, bigger cities and reviews their food and the service and um, really acts for a non-biased experience and it really stands on that. So he came to Atlanta and anybody who lives here, and I will say this, I used to be a GM of restaurants. I've ran restaurants. The culture is different here. Not just with black people in Atlanta in general. The True. culture here is completely different and he got a bit of that. Um, he went to Candy's restaurant. He went to Chef Harper's restaurant. Um, so that's Toast Old Lady Gang. And where else? Uh, the, milk he, and Honey. He went milk to Milk and Honey, honey and he yes, started with Atlanta Breakfast Club. Atlanta Breakfast Club. <laughs> so those are all big hitters. Like on yeah. the weekend, it's homecoming weekend. I can only imagine what that experience was. So um, our clip that's going viral is about me and you kind of going back and forth about. Not kind of. 
Yeah, it's a little, <laughs> was arguing. little aggressive. Um, about customer service in a black community um, in, in general. So let's talk about customer service in a black well, community. Well, I want to say Keith Lee is a hero. I agree. <laughs> yeah. I agree. He's a hero because he's not, not because of what he does, but because of how he does it. Like the fact that he sends his family in, so now you don't know, right? And the fact that he's like, he always he pays left. For, he always pays for his food. He left mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. they said only five minutes for you. Yeah. Like, oh, you're going to give me special treatment? Mm-hmm. I don't want special treatment. Mm-hmm. I want to know who you are. And he left. So to me, I respected that. I respect that he did that. But it goes back to what I'm saying. I think the only thing separating black people from generational wealth and life-changing opportunities is our service, is our views on servicing, servicing customers. Yeah. I think if we change, like, and the reason why I am a testimony of that. I tell this story in my book. I'll tell y'all now I used to work at McDonald's. And when I worked at McDonald's, they told me the first, they told me the only object is to get the customer in and out in 30 seconds. That was the only goal. And when I went to go work for Chick-fil-A, after I got fired from McDonald's for giving away an extra barbecue sauce. That's crazy. I went to Chick-fil-A and the guy at Chick-fil-A asked me how much I made an hour. I told him, then he said, I'm going to pay you $2 extra. And when you're 16, that's pretty good money, right? Because if you're working for 30 hours a week, that's an extra $60. So he's like, I'm going to pay you $2 extra an hour. But you know what I'm going to pay you for that? You know what that extra $2 is for? No, sir, for your smile. I don't care if you're cooking. I don't care if you're in sweeping. You need to have a smile on your face, and that's what the extra $2 is for. Now, when you go to McDonald's, you see five cars, you're probably going to wait 30 goddamn minutes now, right? They lost their way on that. But you can see 30 cars in Chick-fil-A, and you're going to get in line. You know why? Because they're going to stay. They have someone at the window that if your food is taking long, they bring the food to you. So they service. So for me, I, and then I brought that mentality in the music business. So I managed some pretty successful people. And I've seen some very pretty successful people that didn't last. Like, we, there's a lot of people that had runs. And you try to find out, why did they fall off? They fell person. off because they treated people like they needed them. Mm-hmm. And the way I do business, I treat people like I need you. Mm-hmm. Because I know I have no business without you. Mm-hmm. So I treat you like that. I, I, we would treat... Any artist we work with, like Beyonce, before they was Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Like, dog, when we met Lizzo, dog, Lizzo was nobody. Nigga, we treated her like she was Beyonce. Because we felt like if we did our job, she'll be that big and look what mm-hmm. happens. So I feel like the only thing stopping black people from being great, from being running the world, because we are the most magical, most talented, most gifted, most everything. And we can take anything and make it better, but we don't take pride and value servicing our customer which in turn is basically saying we don't fuck you and your money yeah. and that's why you ain't got no money because your attitude is like fuck you and your money i think another issue too and shout out keith lee because what he did was like that shit was bravo like it was it was spot on i think a, a great issue is like atlanta has always been a place of like family and culture right but now you have all these new people who, who are coming to Atlanta and they're trying to establish businesses, but they're like, you got to see who, you got to know who I am. There was once a point in time when you be in Atlanta and nobody's a celebrity. We all hanging out in the same places, enjoying the same shit, doing mm-hmm. the same thing, and nobody got treated different. Whereas in now it's like, because he thought he had stature, oh, you can help me. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, now mm-hmm. they have that mentality. And I think that has switched over the last, I would say five to 10 years, it's really got to a place where it's like, dog, you... This is not how this. This not how we operate. This is not yeah. why. This is not why the the beautiful work. This is not why uh, mustard seed works. This is not why busy bee works. Like, yeah, but but can I tell you another thing though? I, I just want to jump back before you say something, Jr. Here's another thing about customer service to me that I want to say is important. When you're 16, 17, and you're spending money, you don't know the difference. 
You also don't know the value. But as you get older, like how JR said, I pay a PR person. I pay for this. As you get older, the more money you, the more money you spend, the more you want to feel good about mm. spending it. And as it's a mature mentality, but if you take it on early, like people always say, why you don't talk with an accent? I'm like, why, if you're from the South, why you don't talk with a Southern accent? And I'm like, well, technically I talk with a very Southern accent, but I used to push wheelchairs. And when you push wheelchairs and I was a cashier at Chick-fil-A, you can't be like, what's up, Charlie, what you want? <laughs> you gotta be like, hey, how may I take your order? So when I got the music business, I just didn't, never I just switched. never switched back. Yeah. It just naturally stayed with me because obviously I'm talking to people who I deem smarter than me, who I deem richer than me. So I don't want them to see me as a nigga. I want them to see me as a businessman. Mm-hmm. So that's why I didn't talk so country and with so much slang. But it's all about service. It's, that's the key yeah. to it. Now I was just gonna say, I mean, <clears throat> we we have a, a family business, um, myself and, and my family, and so I, I got to see like the detriment that bad customer service can have um, with my sister's business. She was running her business and she was making, she almost got to about eight figures a year in her business. Um, but the customer service was so bad that she had to shut the business down. And so she, she, she shut it down. She just rebranded mm-hmm. the same business. She was doing the exact same thing, but this time she focused on customer service. That business that couldn't make it to eight figures a year is now a nine figure a year business. And it's the same business. Just it's now some, she understands customer service. It's so very watching important that, to the story, by the yeah, way. So, so watching that, I was able to see, like, okay, when I do start a business that demands customer service, I know to focus on that first. Mm. That's the first and most important thing to a business. Can I tell you the most ironic thing about what he said? I don't know if you mind me saying this, but I feel like I should say it because it's not like it's something. Go ahead. I don't even know what you're going to say. When his sister was running that business, mm. she was dating my cousin. Oh, oh. wow. I didn't know that. Deron. That's your cousin? That's my first cousin. Okay. Come my cousin to right here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I ain't seen him in a minute. Guess what he doesn't have? His business out there. Guess what he doesn't have? What? A great attitude. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect. Mm-hmm. That's real. That's my fucking blood cousin. I yeah. love him. But that's my cousin. That's my first cousin. Okay. Nigga, she broke up with him. You're well, it wasn't, to the it point. wasn't him. No, 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 I'm just saying. No, no, no. But I'm saying though. But I'm saying though. But <laughs> it was. But let me, but let me right tell you why right. I was him though. Let me tell you why I was him because. You are who you're influenced by. You Man. are who you're around. Mm-hmm. So yeah. sometimes, if you know, dog, nobody has more influence on you than the person you land with. Next to, yeah. It's weird that people don't take that as serious. Yeah. As, but the person you land next to has the most influence on everything you do. And it can be infectious. Like, a lazy person can't deal with a motivated person. And the lazy person stay lazy or the motivated person stay motivated. Somebody's yeah. going to tip the scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you gotta. I mean, what is it? What they say? Like, yeah, the top five people you hang out with are gonna be the example of how far you're gonna go. Agree. You know what I mean? But yeah, the the, the customer service thing was was right. like the, 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 it's the killer, key, bro. bro. It's the key. It's right. the key. And my cousin, he he's smart, but he's just yeah. not friendly. He's just like, what's up? What you want? Like me, I was. I'm like, I'm. I understood Even it. Experience. Yeah. What I get experience. I want to blame men. Because oh, wow. this is what I like to do. How did we Let's get go. there? Um, Let's go. I, I have a whole. I have a whole. I have a Let's whole. Way I'm going here. So I've been in Atlanta for the past ten years, right? So I seen the re- and I ran a restaurant that was started by a, a, a man, and then he tried to get his wife involved so she could implement customer service. Hired all these people. He didn't want to do that. He wanted to run it how he ran it. Anyway, men tend to start these restaurants, right? And they try to clubberize it. I don't know the right word. We, that's, that's a good word. That's that's. 
Atlanta though. Atlanta, yeah. yeah. Oh, Atlanta oh men. I'm God. sorry, I'm not talking about the world of men. Atlanta men in particular no, right. try to clubberize these places and they don't run Bro. it with customer service in mind. They want the bad girls in there that want to smoke hookah that they think are gonna bring men in <laughs> that don't that you know what I'm talking about, right? Me and you and Don Vito were just talking about this. Okay. But I, that's what it is. The they first place that the wee-wee. most innocent place for love, for young black love, is the, the first ring. place they start Gatorade. is the skating okay. rink. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the first it. place you start yes. when you're a young black kid, mm-hmm. the first girl who Hannah held was <laughs> skating. Skate I'm with you. I was in the kids. Like skate. Everybody that was the, when you got the girls' numbers. I went to an event at a skating rink. Juju Don and all of us went, and they have. Fucking hookah in there. No. Oh my And I no. was so hurt by no. it because by the full bar. <laughs> and here's the problem. Okay, now I'm gonna blame women. I got y'all. Here's my problem. I got y'all. Let me respond. We want the hookah? Hit me out. Nope. Yeah, y'all want the hookah. Women have no shame in nothing today. Nothing. A chick will know. Like, let me give an example. A chick, Blueface has had all this drama with Matt Stafford's wife. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, I saw that. Because mm-hmm. Blueface had. Dancers dancing in the at, yeah. in the boot the in the in the in the 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 suite <laughs> right, at the right. Rams game. <laughs> strippers dancing. Ooh. Now, I think that was ignorant on Blueface's part. Mm-hmm. Let, let me be clear, they, but I think it's even more ignorant on the women who want the money that bad that they willing they would to do, do it. it. Yeah. So for me, I feel like this, Bruh, Women have made the world very ratchet. Like they want their ass out. By the way, I just saw somebody say something very important. Women have taken Halloween from kids. Oh, for sure. oh, we just we no, they have no. Women have taken Halloween from kids because Halloween was you for us it? kids. Yeah, to, to, uh, Halloween During for the day, uh, Halloween. Camera, let me finish. What they call ha- it? Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. Halloween. Halloween was a time. Halloween used to be a time for women mothers to mothers. go outside with their children and take them trick or treating, and yes. they get kids. Now Halloween is a reason for women to dress slutty mm-hmm. at nighttime. The kids should be in bed by the time no, I no, turn no, into no. a We take them trick or treating at night. We take, yeah, I don't. I don't know nobody taking kids. By the kids. time I turn into a hoe, the put kids way, should be sleeping. Put this way, I used, I used to enjoy. I used to enjoy seeing people like dress their kids up with dope outfits. Now it's like my time. I was like, God damn, I can't get away. Well, you see, a, Diddy done got sued for being too good of a Halloween character. So I don't know. Who got sued? Get sued for being he a hoe. Sued, he got a cease and desist. Because he's so good. But my point is this: is that that we have to have some kind of pride. Because men As don't have black- any standards anymore. No, no. If men set the standards higher for women and a woman that they spent their time with, their life with, their is money with. restaurants? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we went to hoism, Halloween. I love, I, by the way, I love hoes. I just feel like oh hoes need to come out Ray, so after a certain hour and they should not be in like, 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 it's like dog. There are women who I was at a party last night. It was freezing cold, y'all. Yes. Number one, it was Freezing cold, and it was chicks walking around with because it it was Nelly's birthday party, so you had to wear army gear. It's chick walking around with army gear, with basically with a slit up here, whole ass out. Baby girl is freezing. The great prophet Cardi B said, "Hoes don't get cold." So you know. So I think Ray, I think I think the biggest, the bigger elephant in the room for this this whole topic is we we've uh, coined Atlanta as being Black Hollywood, right? And when Mm -hmm. we coined that. You have things like Love and Hip Hop. You have all these different things that are here where people are like, now all the restaurants, they're opening, they're like, oh, I want it to be the spot that's, that's shown on Love and yes. Hip Hop. Because now when my country cousin comes up from South Carolina, they're like, I want to go to X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dog, Man. I don't go there on a the regular. Why right. would I go there today? And they're like, because I seen it on Love and Hip Hop. Or I seen it on this show. Mm-hmm. And I feel like 
they're getting so much business from out of towners that they don't care about what's going on locally. Locals. So when mm-hmm. when like the the business is not actually set up properly. But still, I mean that doesn't have anything to do with customer service. Like you're just not a good business owner mm-hmm. if you have bad customer service. Yeah. That's the bottom line to it. You don't but, even I don't I agree. You don't even value business and to me if you yeah. have bad customer service. Like but not, not you're not even conscious mm-hmm. on business until you have customer service. Like but here's the real problem. The real problem is is that you have two types of people now. You have people like us mm-hmm. who are ambitious as fuck and want more. And you got people like the people who work for us at these restaurants or whatever it is that feel like I'm going to get paid what I get paid no fucking matter what. So I give more effort. But they don't realize that they're the CEO of themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're going to get as far. You might not. You might like dog. Like the scary is the hardest part now for people is to hire people. But you got to be there and you got to drill down and you got to. And, and I think you just got to care about it you got to prioritize well, trying to cut corners the pandemic messed it up too because as a person who worked in the restaurant industry we started automatically putting a tip included after the pandemic to make sure that the service we're getting paid yeah, cool and people that. stopped working for their tips so they're like i'm getting oh, my tip, tip anyway, anyway. Yeah. so the service went even oh. further down oh we need to talk about so oh, i got i'm sorry <laughs> And man, this this asking for tip shit is like yeah, getting dog, out of fucking OD. hand. It's OD. Oh, dog. The the electronic things are you know asking for tips. tips. Bruh, I, that's bruh, that's bruh, all bruh, they come bruh, out I was I was I took my son shopping to buy him clothes. Do you know every time you checked out, they asked you, do you want a tip? And you know tips be like twenty percent. Yes. Like they start up to buy clothes? Yes. JR, I was that's buying tips. I bought my son some sweaters from this clothing line. He was in the store, he bought it all. The shit was nine hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Nigga, to my when I go to log in to pay, and they're like 20, they added another 180 like do I want to tip that why the fuck am I tipping you for what the fuck this tip shit is getting out of hand let me ask you a question a, well, wait, wait, hold on. let me ask you a question when, when you go and order food from a restaurant and you pick it up do you add a tip yes but it ain't no but 20% why? Because, why because I think it's because you, because you gave me the convenience of ordering early like mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not okay it just depends on how you treat me but I ain't gonna lie to you like this asking for tips thing is going too goddamn far so you know what's what's funny, like, and it's funny because like New York, they don't ask for tips. Gratuity's already included in everything. And everything. So I'm literally, I'm, I'm literally sitting there getting a, a manicure, and Shorty walks up. She says, she said, uh, it's fifty. Mind you, it's thirty five in Atlanta. It's fifty in New York already. Okay. She says, uh, tip. I said, you didn't do shit. You didn't do nothing <laughs> extra. You did nothing extra. You had a stale ass. Tip was already included. I said, baby, this is fifty dollars. Like right. I seen it on here when you said gratuity included with right. getting a manicure. Yeah. She's like, so no tip. I said, dog. And they'll right. try to make you feel bad about it. <laughs> yeah. But to answer why you should tip on to go orders, because it does take away from the process of if you don't have a proper to go station or something yeah. implemented, that whole process I mean, I, I of do doing tip, that, I just tip very low. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying give Me them too. a bunch of money. You're not <laughs> doing much. They're not tending to <laughs> you constantly. They're not yeah. refilling your water. So it's just a flat Yeah, but, 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 my, but my thing is, by the way, I used That's to work crazy. for tips. I used to mm-hmm. Valley Park and I used to push wheelchairs. Yeah. Should you feel obligated to tip? I mean, no, I no, always no, no, tip. no, 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 no. I, I always I, tip I just because it's like, I rather, I, th- I feel like they can do more of the money than I can. Oh, that's no, so, so that's why my I mother says tip, tip based off of service. No, I, I don't I'm gonna tip that, you based on how good you treat me. Yeah. And if you're but friendly, see, and if you're friendly, like I'm a, I'm a tip you. I'm and I, I don't mind it. But my thing is, is nothing feels worse than giving someone money that doesn't appreciate it, because I work for it. Yeah. And if I gave it, to, and if oh. I gave it to you, mind you, I didn't have to, right? I have to pay for my food. I don't have to give it to you. Mm-hmm. So if I do choose to give it to you, like look at it like this. How many tips you gave away that if you just was like, man, I'm just going to throw that shit in the bullshit account and give it to my daughter when she's 18? 
it might be fucking a hundred thousand dollars when she's 18. And my thing is, is that I, so I look at money differently because I look at it like I got kids. I look at it like I could just get that to my kids. All right, this is my mindset on it. You know okay. what I mean? When it comes to tipping, I know how to get money. Everybody doesn't. Everybody, most people are still trying to figure it out. So to me, it's like if I can help you on that journey, I'm I'm gonna have this money regardless. So I always and, and, and if they do have a bad attitude, I try to tip to make their day better. So no. like they obviously they obviously <laughs> no, no, this that. is my this is my mentality. They Crazy obviously you, have something that. going on. I've seen I've seen them going. I, I, I've been, no, I've been real. I've, done that I've, I've, I've done seen that. waitresses like be in the back crying. You know what I mean? So it's like I I try to make the day better for them. I give you know them a tip. If you smile more, people will be nice to you. Yeah. Here's your tip. That's your tip. Because I'm on, I'd rather give you, teach you how to fish than give you fish. Because I've been giving a lot of fish away, and I realize that they will take their goddamn fish and go the opposite way, and then you sit in your office working trying to get more. To, nah. But, Ray, we ain't talking about a bunch of money. We talking about I, I, $30, I, $40, $50. Dollars. I, and to not me, I, I feel you on that. And I understand it's not a bunch of money, but that doesn't mean you deserve it. <laughs> I'd much rather give it to you. Though, right? I've, been in, I've been in a situation before when I've seen, like, I, I've literally watched the waitress get chewed out back in the back, mm. and her attitude, that changed her attitude. So if she came out there, I made sure I left, like, I left her a $100 tip. Let me tell you a story. Mm -hmm. I gotta tell you something very important. <laughs> I used to work, I yeah. said I worked for Chick fil A. It's something that I, I really don't say, but I'm gonna tell y'all. When I worked at Chick fil A, my mother was the manager. Oh, okay. So my yeah, mother was the manager. And she was the nighttime manager because, you know, Chick-fil-A closed. So I had to clean the, the restaurant. That's what my mm -hmm. mother did. And I remember somebody treated me bad at the job. And I remember I went off. And my, I'm 16 now. My mother said, and I said, I don't like how he's talking to me because he's my age. You know, you, you, know, you yeah. got them young managers. Mm -hmm. And my mother was like, I don't care how old he is. He's an authority figure. You better, have, you better fix your fucking attitude. And she trained me. My mom trained me to work, by the way. Like, she trained me to work. So I... I have an appreciation and an understanding for people who work because I was once that person who was trained to do that. But you have a bad attitude because of you and you got to deal with that. Bro, I ain't no telling what none of us went through. Right. I could have had the worst argument with his wife in the car. If he bring Thank that God into I us, well, I'm supposed to say, let's make it better by and fuck all that. You need to go outside. <laughs> what Puff said to that dude that day? Hey, I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Go out, take a couple minutes, yeah, go outside. Fix your get energy. Your shit, fix your energy. Yeah. Come back. Because in that's my real. mind, that's not, bro, I don't bring my shit to the table. Don't bring your shit to the table. That's real. I, I think that there's, for, for me, there's a definitely a level of separation. I don't have to be in their world. You know what I mean? And but you, so but I'm, you set I'm them not, up to stay poor, Jay. I'm, I'm not thinking that deep into their world. All I know is like, if you come across me, I'm, you're, you're gonna have the best experience. I agree. Whether you have a bad attitude or not, like I, you could have went through something. I don't know. I don't have to sit and stay listen to your attitude. Here's fifty dollars. Have a blessed day. I, I'm going by my business. By the way, I tip and I, I I tip well, but that's why I'm frustrated because I do tip and I yeah. do tip well, and I feel like give me a reason. Just give me a reason. I mean, like I'm not asking for you to ask me how my day was. But a smile. Yeah, because I hate when they talk to me. A smile. Oh. Like, and by the way, every <laughs> restaurant I go to, I always ask the way to their name. Anybody been out to eat me? I always say, what's your name, sir? Michael. Name? Michael, try, Michael try to remember. I yeah. always be. Yeah, because yeah. I want you to have an experience with me. And plus, because I'm a habitual spender of things, I need to get that special treatment. Mm -hmm. Like, when I go on my fucking G-Star, any star I walk into, nigga, I don't give a fuck what customers they got. Yeah, They're yeah. going to stop for me. Because yeah. they know I'm going to spend some money. Right. And yeah. I appreciate that, right? But I also want to feel good about the money. I and what if they ask you for a tip at G-Star? They don't. And if Thank they God. did, I'll stop shopping at G-Star. Get out of here. Bro, let me tell you something. I have a, I, I, I'm a naturally a seducer of life. Like, mm -hmm. I look at myself as a natural seducer. 
the one thing that you don't say as a seducer is no. So don't put me in a position to say no to you. Why would you fucking do that to me? Man. Don't put me in position. Now, you, now I'm buying some clothes and you got, do you want a tip? tip? No, bitch. <laughs> I want my fucking clothes. clothes. By the way, tipping was, I, I don't know if this is a fact, but I saw a video where they said tipping was created during the Great Depression mm -hmm. because businesses were suffering and they couldn't afford to pay their employees what they need to pay them. So they said, we'll open up to the community to help tip it. That shit yeah. has taken on a whole nother life lie. Service mm. used to make like two twenty five an hour. And that's why the tipping right. was. You that's, that's what I did. I was, well, in New I York now, they that's make I minimum wage. Yeah. I had like that small minimum. I was a terrible right. waiter, though. So I, I deserve my own tip. I was a great I was a great. terrible. I was a great valet parker. I'll run. Because, you know, when you valet park, you got to run for the car. Yeah. You got to run. Like. So as I run and I get outside your site, I start walking. I again. Ray went out to know he was running. Now I start I was walking, walking again. again. Black businesses, customer yeah. service. But I first. let you see me running though. Customer service first, black business. That's black businesses. If black entrepreneurs, black people in general, a smile mm. will take you, take you so much Don't further. But you know what? Look, you hey. know what? This 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 goes into music too because I always tell artists you can't treat your fans like you're more important than them. Mm. Like you had to treat them the same way you treat everybody else. Like a, a fan is not a lesser than you. That's the person supporting your right. lifestyle, bro. So you had to treat them. The, so customer service and music goes the same for the same thing. My book for artist agreements, the yeah. fourth agreement is always be thankful. Yeah, because rooted. Because if you're thankful, like like look at. Let's take it further. Let's take let's take appreciation further. If you are thankful for God waking you up in the morning, or if you don't believe in God, you're opening your eyes in the morning. You're gonna carry a day like that. If you're thankful for the opportunity to sit on this couch and have a conversation, you're going to treat it like that. Yeah. Like you have to lead. You can't become great without being grateful. And mm. for me, I tell anybody that that's the only, like it's two things you have to have. I said this in my book. I'm like, it's two things you need to win in life. Yeah. If you have these two things, I don't care where you are in life. You will not fail. You have to have discipline and a great attitude. Discipline and gratitude. If you have a great Maybe attitude, that's what gratitude means great, great attitude. attitude. I didn't know that. That's crazy. That's dope. It's a different discipline yeah. and gratitude. And gratitude. Because if you yeah. if you if you are great, if you appreciate stuff, you'll it'll always show. Like I might chew you out, I might curse you out, but if you like, man, that, it's all cool. I remember the first time L.A. Reed cursed me out. Never forget, he cursed me out in front of everybody. And he yeah. ended the call and he ended the curse out with. And if anybody in this motherfucker got a problem working for my company <laughs> and how I run it, y'all could fucking go. He was talking. I was. He was talking directly to me. But I, nigga, why he, by the way, while he's going up Jr., I got my head down. Because yeah. I got my head down because I have to take that. Mm -hmm. And then he said, "Now somebody play me a fucking hit because I don't want to hear shit." Somebody press play. So the song would play. They play loud. He looks over and whispers to me, "You know I love you, right?" And then I said to him, "I said you don't got to do that for me." And I, I said, "Bro, I've been waiting my whole life to work with you, bro." I ain't, I, if I could get mad at you, curse me, I don't deserve to be here. Don't ever do that to me. And he was like, and he had this family. He always, because you know he's a Kobe Bryant stan. And he was, he would always, our running joke would always be, are you AI? Or are you Kobe? Ooh, that hurts. No, yeah. it doesn't hurt because AI, because AI was great, yeah. but he didn't win. Kobe did. So he was, so he, and I, and I remember when I was like, man, I've been called a motherfucker since I came out my mother. You can't break me. And he, he literally said, okay, you Kobe. <laughs> That's it. But my point is, is that, Bro, like uh, the right attitude. I like Jr. I, it's weird because I'm older than you, but we. I, I've been in the music business going on 19 years too. Yeah, I was a late blossomer. I wasn't supposed to be here. Somebody asked me to help them. I just had the right attitude. Mm -hmm. I just didn't think no one owed me shit. Yeah. I just felt like, man, I'm, I'm lucky to be here, man. So let me act like I'm lucky to be here. I didn't know that yeah. that made people like me. That made right. people say I want to help him. It would be people say I want to help you. I don't mind the artist, but I want to help you. 
And then my thing, I was so, I didn't believe in myself. So I was like, well, I can't do it without them. But once I understood, it was, I, I, I ain't gonna, I didn't understand it was me too, like maybe like three or four years ago. But mm. point is, is that it, it was one of those things where my right attitude, and if you tell me, we Virgos, yeah. so you know, if you tell me to do something and you give me the exact thing to do, and you tell me if you do exactly this, you're gonna be rich. Nigga, I'm doing exactly that. I'm not, that's what I mean by discipline. Yeah. That means cutting off all girls, cut them off. That means getting rid of, like, getting rid of your shit. I, I'm that disciplined. Right. And I know that's what made me why I became. Because right. Right. I didn't really have no talent. And I wasn't that smart. I didn't know shit about the music business. I was just disciplined as fuck. And I, was, I had a great attitude. And that's why I'm here. So that's why I say I believe you could win at anything in life. You could be in the NBA. I mean, you, how many NBA coaches are not fucking, how many NBA coaches didn't play in the league? Nigga, how did they get there? They have the right attitude. And, they, and then I was talking to an NBA player, and he was like, and I was talking to Lou and Lou Williams, and he was like, the NBA is not about how good you are. Gotcha. The NBA is about how well you work within a team mm. sport. Mm. So he said, you can, he said, there are certain players who are great, but they got the wrong attitudes that's going to affect the, uh, the, the younger players, and they don't need you giving the younger players bad habits. No. See what I'm saying? So attitude is everything. Go ahead, T. Okay, um, Money Long actually released this breakdown of how much it costs mm -hmm. to put out a song. So it says, this is a lot of money for one song, but okay. So she broke down the engineer fees for production, for mixing, for mastering, album artwork for the video, and she put unlimited dollars for everything else. She said pretty much all you could pay. Um, when artists are looking to put out um, a song or album, because then she says multiply this by 12 if you're looking to do a whole right. album. Um, what is a realistic budget for artists when they're putting out albums? Now, she does R&B, so is it a little bit cheaper to do? You're talking to the man that mm. broke her. Okay. She was yeah, signed to him. That's why I think I she still is still signed to him. Yeah. 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 So, um, <laughs> Go get a fuck. <laughs> so yeah. I know you did a breakdown of how much right. um, your rollout was. Now she's doing a breakdown for songs. Is this a realistic budget and... Talk to me a little bit I more I mean, about it's, that. it's relative because you could be getting a beat from your homeboy and paying 500 You could be getting a beat from YouTube and paying 500 Or you could be getting a beat from Hitboy and paying 50000 You know what I mean? So the, the budget is, is going to differ depending on who you're dealing with. Um, I, I think R&B costs more than... Well, I don't think I know R&B costs more it than does. rap because there's more people involved. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Rap, you know, I just get the beat, I can rap over it. But R&B, you're dealing with writers. And P, she's one of the, the best writers, right? Sure. But she still works with other people from time to time. So you got to pay those. You got to pay producers. You got to pay the, the people to come in and do the instruments. Because R&B, we're not just going to take what's come off Fruity Loops. Like, we're going to do the live violin. Gonna, you know what I mean? So it just costs more money. You know what I mean? The production is going to be higher. Um, <clears throat> but... I don't know. What was the question, though? My bad. Oh, um, what is a realistic budget for a song? Oh, right. It's relative. Right. <laughs> well, it's well, relative. I, I think the realistic budget is based yeah. on a realistic outcome. Okay. Mm -hmm. like, set the outcome. Like Priscilla, Money Long, she's speaking from the standpoint of a major label. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, so that's different, right? It's like, it's like if a major label wanted me to consult, it's going to be way more expensive than it would be if an independent artist wanted me to. Yeah. Right? Because a major label has major money. So I think she's speaking from that standpoint. I hate the word budget. I hate the word budget because like all this stuff here cost me $20,000, right? From the couch to the sign to all this shit cost me 20 grand. I ain't have a budget. Right. I just, what it took. I just, I, I was bootstrapping. I did whatever it took to win. Yeah. So for me, I think artists, before they start worrying about budgets, you got to ask yourself, what are you trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. 
because every song doesn't require the same amount of energy. JR knows that. Like some songs, it might be a single. A single don't require the same thing that that song requires. Like, right. Because you're a not single. gonna pay the same you, for a single as you are for an album cut. Yeah, exactly. Album so, cut, I probably only pay a thousand for the beat, whereas a single, I'm willing to pay, pay eight thousand, what, whatever 7, it costs 000, to get it. Because I mean? think it's my record. So yeah. I just think that. I mean, I, I understand what she was trying to do, but I just think that. She was speaking from her perspective rather than the perspective of someone at home. Because I think right. I think that right there is hurting a lot of artists, right? Because artists feel like I need those things mm. to win. Like Tamir, when we started off doing this fucking show, I mean, look at it now. But we started we started off just uh, in a fucking room at a table <laughs> with a fucking kids. green screen behind us, like nigga on some eight five hundred dollars three hundred no like. $80 mics, right? Yeah. These mics cost $500 we have now, but the point is, is that I have a budget. I just did what I needed to do. So, so many artists don't know what they need to do, and that's the real problem. I think also yeah. artists don't understand how to spend money. They don't understand, mm -hmm. like, I feel like <clears throat> when, they're, when they're approaching the, let's say, the independent budget, yeah. they're like, they don't understand that what I can get from ad spend from $100. They don't mm -hmm. understand the return on investment of that hundred. Well, music is the hardest place to to calculate return on investment. You know what I mean, um, <clears throat> I, honestly, you know, if I'm just being totally honest. I think music is one of the worst businesses in the world. I agree oh. because you 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 have to be extremely lucky to ever see a return on your investment. And then if you do see a return on your investment, like let's say your product does begin to sell, it's selling that point zero zero four cent a stream. So. I, I can sell a product for $10 with the same energy I can sell a product for 0.004 cent a stream. And so for me, I'm, you know, this is actually my life now. I'm choosing to sell products that I actually make a real return on versus streaming. I, I mean, but, but, but let me just say this to P's point. Well, Money Long's point, what she was trying to make in that video is just that the cost of recording this music versus what we get back in return. Mm -hmm. She was just saying we get a, a shitty return. And she's absolutely right. But that's why most artists um, are moving towards selling their music again. Like going back to actual selling for $10, $20, $30. Like LaRussell is selling his music. Um, his last album, he, the day it came out, he made $16,000 because he sold it as opposed to saying, hey, go stream my music. Um, so that, that post that she put was inspired by Even, uh, Even.biz, because they put out that post of this is what it takes for an artist to make a song. Um, well, that could be true that it takes that much, but if you actually sell it versus waiting on streaming, you can get that return back much faster. That that was the point and what they were trying to say. Yeah, the music business is terrible. How do I buy yeah. it versus streaming it? I thought if I so, stream it, I'm buying right. So it. think so think about it like this: if if, you, I, if you, I'm sorry, if you just to answer your question, streaming is access. Mm -hmm. Like streaming is, I'm paying you ten dollars a month for access to. All the songs that are on your platform. Yeah. Okay, my Apple. The minute well, that you don't give me that ten dollars, you don't have access. Uh -huh. When I buy it, whether I pay you the ten dollars or not, it was a one-time transaction. Oh, yeah. that's the difference. Yeah. When okay. yeah. well, uh, another another way to just to understand it is when you're streaming a person's music, you're paying a middleman. You're not paying money long ten dollars a month. You're paying Spotify to stream her music, as opposed to money long saying, "Hey, you can buy my album." When you do that, that money goes into her pocket. You see, so that's that's the big difference. Um, and on top of that, when she when you get the streaming revenue, you get that four months out. As opposed to if you had bought it, she would have got it that day. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh. And, and and another thing he said is that the one thing I don't like about streaming is they try to minimize numbers, right? Yeah. So like, yeah. like a million plays is a fucking lot. Yeah, like what the conversion on what you getting paid from me? <laughs> plays like thirty five hundred. No, 3, like that, that's, yeah. that's my point. It's filthy. Like a million plays 
is a lot. And you and you literally are getting penny like less than pennies, penny. less than yeah. pennies on that. Yeah. So for me, it's like, how much is a fucking play worth? Hold to on, you? so I got a stat for you. And this is funny, right? Mm. If you have a thousand monthly listeners on Spotify, you're in the top seven percent of artists. If you have ten thousand monthly that. listeners, you're in the top three percent. If you have a hundred thousand monthly listeners, you're in the top one percent. Does it feel like it? No, no, not at all. Because the crazy part is, and this is what we we keep bringing coming back, and it's an ongoing idea. But send me that tweet. We don't have we don't have lobbyists that are that are not here a, for music. That well, say, I think that we do, right? We do, no, we do. Yeah, now, yeah, we do. We do, but we don't. We they they're not speaking on the fact that they're speaking on the behalf of. The, the, the machine. The, the machine. Yes. They're not speaking on behalf of the person that's that's the independent artist that now has accumulated 50,000 monthly listeners on their own who has 40 million streams where it's like Spotify just walked, Apple Music and Spotify walked in and said, hey, this is what we paying you. Yeah. I'm going to cut a deal with the majors. We're going to pay you this. The majors are going to get paid regardless. We're going to cut you this and then y'all figure it out. And then Spotify also is passing a, a, a new rule a new where rule, right? you have to make Minimum. a certain amount of streams for them to even cut your check, which is... Which you have to like, have a you how? have to have over a hundred thousand streams on what's ten songs at least ten records. That is no way. That is, that's not the that's is, that, is that the number? Because I, no. I never knew what the number was. They go, if they do that, they're gonna lose everybody. They can't. Yeah. That, that can't be the number. I thought it was a thousand. What, what what's the number? Well, I thought it was a thousand. Somebody did ask us. They commented on this last week, and they do want you guys to dive into it. So it says, in the next episode, please discuss the recent change Spotify announced about how they will pay artists for streams in 2024. This will be a new threshold of a minimum annual streams a track must have before getting royalties. I would love to hear you guys. I I want to say something to to JR first. I I know this is the culture, but I just got to ask you this. You had, last year, probably Mm -hmm. the biggest bidding war Mm -hmm. of the year. You had last yeah. year yes. a, a bidding war that landed her on a money long on a major label. Mm. And then it feel it felt like once she got to a major label, they they ran off for hours and hours, but all the motion stopped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want me to talk about I that? I just want you to talk about it because I don't even know the question I want to ask, but I got to talk to you about it. It's two, two sides of that. It, it wasn't really a bidding war. It was, JR, what do you want? You know what I mean? Uh, and I basically picked where I wanted to go. Like, I, you put out the whole major label system in front of me, and I said, this is the only place I'll go. Yes. Now, this is what I want. Are you going to give it to me, yes or no? Mm-hmm. You know, so we didn't, we didn't really have a bidding war. It was just, what do y'all want? Where do y'all want to go? Yeah. Um, on the flip side of that, what happened afterwards, um, it's still a sensitive topic, not for me, but... No, no, that's what I'm saying, but I, I, I know that. That's what I'm like... Yeah. It's but well, it, I mean, it can't be a sensitive topic if it's if, it, story, if it's obvious. Yeah. yeah, long story short is is we parted ways as far as working day to day. So Money Long now has a new team. Well, she has a, a new new team because I think she switched teams. Yeah, Shaka manages her now. Yeah, she switched teams again. Um, but the team that took her to that point is no longer working with her. Um, and, and you know, Dev Jam's team did take over, but they're not our team. And so that's that's just simple as that. That's the difference. Got you. Okay. Yeah. I just want to ask that because I yeah. feel like I, I think she asked me to call her money long, not Priscilla. Yes. Mm-hmm. Money yeah. is very, very special. Mm-hmm. And what happened to her happens to every artist that walk into a major. They walk in into it for some reason and motion stops. Yeah. And it's like it's like something that we don't talk about, which well, is weird to me. I think the, the the normal reason in this situation, it was just a team switch. But the normal reason that happens is because they get there and they think that the label has the magic touch. Yeah. But what got you there was the magic touch. 
And so you have to keep doing what you've been doing. The label is just there to help assist and boost. You know, they can't create. You're yep. the creator. Yep. You got here because you're the creator. Keep being the creator, and we're going to back what you're creating. Yes. Most people go to the label and think, oh, it's they, like I'm passing the torch. No. Like, okay, here, it's your exactly, business exactly. now. And that's what I really wanted to get at. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was just, art. it's something about an artist mentality. You know what it is? It's something about an artist that is like, did you hit your, what's your Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Like, what's your Gatorade moment where you win? Yeah. Like, some artists, I think their Gatorade moment is signing a deal. Signing a deal. Like, and yeah. getting a million dollar check and, like, thinking that this is life changing money, not knowing that you can get that 10 times over if you do your job yeah. and don't stop. But I feel like that that's their Super yeah. Bowl. Like, I signed a deal. I got, like, how I, many artists I have think signed that, deals that, and lost? I think that played a part in this. Um, you know, money definitely looked at that like, oh, this is the NBA. Yep. Like I'm going to the to the major leagues, it, and it wasn't the money because she she already had money. She had mm-hmm. signed deals of that magnitude already. She's yep. one of the greatest writers of our generation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, so it wasn't the money that changed anything. She she been having money. Yep. You know what I mean. So, but I did I do think that she looked at them like the NBA. Um, but the thing about it is like a label is just a group of people. You yep. know what I mean? So you went from one group of people to another group of people. That's all that happened. Just because it says Def Jam, don't mean they have some magic. They're just, a, they're just a group of people that work for Def Jam. Yep. You know what I mean? And so and that was the the sort of realization that, you know, her career has come into. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I went with this group of people, and they aren't the group of people. Yep, exactly. I, yeah. I just want to address that because, and then something else I want to address. You said it's, you said it's hard. You said mm-hmm. something earlier when you were speaking on, like, artists you work with. I, I, don't, I don't think it's hard. Mm-hmm. I just think that you have to find an artist because your business success for your company thus far probably will be Priscilla, right? Money, money long. No. So she's no. not the biggest artist you work with for the no. new company? I mean, even, even Kemp is bigger than her. Kemp sold more records than Money Long. Kemp? Money, money Long is only two times platinum. Okay, who's Kemp? Kemp, Kemp has six platinum records K-Kemp. back to back. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm talking about this new iteration of you doing a distribution partnership. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's time around. Yes, yes. But the point is, is that, I mean, you spoke about this. The yeah. point is, is that you had the right artist. Mm-hmm. And I think that if an artist takes time to really put energy into what they're making mm-hmm. intentionally, I think that's what separates them from breaking out. Because you can run your magic all you want, but if the record don't stick, it don't stick, right? And, mm-hmm. and I think we talked about this when, when I did you and Boom Man show, and I was like, Mon- money was just different. She was really, she knows how to make a hit. She has yeah. hits. I think that th- it's not hard. You just have to make a hit. And work with oh, the right people. It's, it's, it's extremely hard to, to break in this industry. I mean, I've done it multiple times, but that's only because it's all I do. Yep. It's my, I wake up and I breathe this shit. Me too. Most people, that's not their life. But if you know they do, I mean? but if they or, do, if they do do that, they have a great chance at winning. Yeah. If you, if you, anybody can do it. I'm not saying that anybody can't do it. I'm just saying that everybody won't do it. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's, that's why we only get so many stars because it just takes a, a whole lot of effort, a whole lot of brain power. A lot of um, luck. Yeah. A lot of luck. Yeah. Cause I mean, the stuff that happens in, in, in my business, man, I always attribute it to God. I, I tell my artists, we just waiting for God to put his hands on it. I always, you I know tell, what I mean? I always. We, we, we the same way. I tell my artists the same. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you got to give God a chance to enter. Yeah. So don't bust your nut. Don't like, no. If you got 10,000 How you spend, go from you got to give a chance? Always, 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 always. He will find a way. That's why I caught myself. Yeah. <laughs> if you have 10,000 to spend, don't yeah. spend 10,000 in the first month. 
Yeah. You got ten thousand to spend. Make that ten thousand last eighteen months. But that's when yeah. they got to learn the value of what a hundred dollars can do. They got to learn the value of what a thousand dollars can do because yeah. now it's like when you see that. Like I have, I'm dealing with artists right now who has a major budget, mm-hmm. and literally she started reading off numbers of what she was getting, what what art she was spending. I'm like, yeah. Dog, you just are flushing money down the toilet. You know, I could yeah. deal with that. What I could have made happen with this. I mean, in today's game, I'm not even money first. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely it's not. content first. You don't have anything to spend on if you don't have great content. And, I, and I, just, I shouldn't even say great content. If you don't have content that's working. but Because you can shoot it and think it's great, but it come out and don't do nothing. It don't cost you, it don't cost you 20K to shoot great content. You great, content great content can content. be free. Exactly. Most, of, most of our great content is free. Like Manny Wells right now in the past week has reeled off um, three videos that did a million views on his page. And some of them two million. Those videos are free. He shot them on his rooftop. You know what I mean? So, so great content is free, but you don't have it. There's nothing to spend on until you can deliver that. Like now the money's getting flushed into Money Wells because he's delivering the content that we can spread. That's that's pretty much the game now. It's just exactly. spreading that content because all discovery comes through content. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so there's your person at RCA, there's really no money to spend besides making the music. And so if the money wasn't going towards making the music, then they are flushing it down the toilet. Because spend the money to make the music, sure. But after that, you need to be making content. Yep. I, there's not a dime going into this until I see the content moving. Absolutely. That's pretty much the way the game is going right now, which is great for an executive because guess what? Now I don't have to, like, the money right. long situation, we spent 800000 I don't think I'll ever have to do that again because now the content moves so freely on its own. Like, I, I told somebody the other day, I've never seen an ad campaign with 100 million views, but I've seen countless, countless, countless content creators put up videos and get 100 million views. Free videos. Yep. And so you you can't buy what what the internet gives you with organic mm-hmm. content. And so for me, it's like, if you don't give me that first, there's nothing to spend. I, I have a question. So if an artist gets a budget, right, because mm-hmm. she... She's just blowing it. How how does that work? Like, do I have immediate access to that budget? Do I have no, to go no, to no, the no, label no, no. and request the money? It's is there a card? How does it? No, no, it's generally approved it's, it's, it's upon approval. But by you switching teams or you being with certain teams, they'll literally somebody one person will approve something, and then it's approved across the board. So let's say it's a video shoot, mm-hmm. then they'll come up with an overall general budget that'll mm-hmm. pull from your marketing budget, okay. and that'll be that's for the video. But then they'll say, okay, we got to do this for that as well, or we have to add this, but this to that, that expense. So now yeah. it becomes one over overhead expense where it's like the artist doesn't realize that that's coming out of your master, your master yeah. budget. Like your overall deal is based on, is predicated but, on what you're spending. But even, even really than that, you have to understand like in every situation, there's somebody sitting at the top that's approving your budget. Right. You know what I mean? And that's, that's why I didn't really like dealing with major labels, why I move independently now, because I was in a situation at Columbia where somebody was over my budget and I couldn't do what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? And to me, I, I always feel like most of the time, not all the time, but I'm the smartest person in the room. You know what I mean? And so, honestly, if you don't want to do this, I'm going to go find a way to do it. Right. You know what I mean? And so, for me, somebody being over my budget is just not an option for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But any any situation you're in, there's one person. You may have a group of teams, but there's one person that's a yay or nay whether you get that money to do X, Y, and Z. And so, that's, that's why I don't like being in label situations. But artists have to understand Who's on their team? That's first and foremost because if you go in there being mean to X, Y, and Z, this person gonna next time your budget come up, oh she don't need that because mm-hmm. she's treating me shitty. And, and that, you know what I mean? So you go and back now you not and now you not it goes back to service. Now you not getting what you need to get because you've been an asshole to these people. Mm-hmm. 
but you know, that, artists don't understand sense. that. This goes for this goes for the young executives as well, right? If you got project managers, and this is where this is how you actually elevate in this business, right? You got project managers that have that have relationships outside of this where they're like they realize what their artist budget is, but now they're going and pulling out. They're like, they're oh, I got a friend that I got a friend that Toko, yeah. Toko, Toko and Carrie. Now that friend at Tony K is like, oh, I got you ten thousand for this video. Now it doesn't come out of your marketing budget. Now yeah. you have outside sources that are. T- but if you're assholes to your project manager, you assholes to the people that are in the building. You don't make friends. Why the fuck would I care? I don't care. Yeah, if I don't care. They, they shelf you or drop you. I don't give a damn. Facts. Yeah. So I guess the key to budgets is uh, not being an asshole. Customer service. Here we go. Customer service. That's the key to budgets. Hey, listen. Yeah. That's the difference between the rich and the poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the big difference. Okay. So I'm move on to American Godfather section. Everybody here is father, so this should be good. So um, mm-hmm. a Florida teen who beat a female teacher unconscious after his Nintendo Switch game was confiscated <sighs> at school pled guilty to, um, to a crime on Monday, and he faces up to 30 years behind bars. I want to talk about parenting and video games. Um. You have a son. Do you have? I got two daughters. Oh, are they in the video games yet? Nah, no, they're too really. young for that. Okay, yeah, daughter. I got daughter. Yeah, okay. Well, girls could play video games too, but yeah. they play video games on their phone. Absolutely yeah. phone. So yeah. how do? All right. So what advice would you two. give to my daughters too? My daughter, when she was two, she was playing apps on the phone. My daughter, I passed her. She was two. <laughs> she runs shit. Yoki runs, runs the castle. Um, mm. what advice would you give to parents who are struggling with trying to get kids to kind of? Deactivate from these advices, these um, devices, and are like really struggling with kids being. Hey, be a good fucking parent. Take your kid outside, man. Take yeah. your kid on. Ex- these kids don't want to go outside. You can't ask a question and do that to me. You like, I mean, that damn to me. Yeah, you the answer you wanted. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. You said you said kids don't want it. Like when I was growing up, my mom, it wasn't like if we were going on a family trip, we're going yeah. on, uh, we're going on a road trip. It's not you don't want to go. Get your ass in the car. We, so I'm, I'm gonna rights. tell you, I used to be, I used to be when I was this age, right? I was like 12. I was addicted to wrestling. WWF. Mm-hmm. Oh my Me god, I, I, love I loved it. You know what I mean? It's all I cared about. The Hardy Boys. And so I didn't realize this until it was already over. But my dad started taking me out the house on the days that wrestling came on. Oh, and I, I never really, you. I never caught on. But eventually, I stopped caring about wrestling. Mm. And he told me later, he was like, yeah, you know, I, I you don't watch wrestling no more because I, I never had you home when wrestling was on. And he told me after he had already pulled me out of that. And so I think in this situation, in the times where your kids play video games, pull them out of that and take them elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, but don't talk about it because if they know what you're doing, right. then you're you know. screwed. But if, if your kids come home from school and they go straight to playing video games, okay, well, have some activity for them when they come home from school. That's, that's how I got tricked out of example. it. Like, so in being a great parent, like we're, we're in this place now where you can turn stuff, stuff into content. If your kid actually shows an interest in video games, teach them how to code a video game. Mm. Teach them, like yeah, buy them the equipment like to, to learn how to turn it into a business because it's, it's pointless to have a lazy-ass kid that's just sitting there playing video games and not actually getting anything from it. Where it's like, if you want to be a good parent, you want to be a good person? Teach them, give them some, teach them a trade, teach them yeah. a skill. I'm gonna say this: the problem with the world is that kids ain't afraid of their parents no more. Mm, My kids are like, afraid of me. Like, let me tell you something. <laughs> no, hey, guess what? Guess what? I'm, I got daddies on the couch. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, you can tell the difference between the child that was raised with their dad in the house and the child that's raised without a dad in the house. Mm-hmm. I will fuck my son up. Don't play with me, my son. Obviously, he, com- he comes from the world where he has access to things. And sometimes, you know, friends will come over, cousins will come over. And the ink, the little inklet of him acting like a rich kitten. I, I, not, and, not, and by the way, I don't pull him to the side. 
How old are your kids, right? My yeah, son is 14 and my, my daughter's six. Yeah, I got to ask you about that because I'm seeing the signs in my kids already. So yeah, yeah, but, but I, I got to figure out how, to, how like, to get I'm that. I'm going to tell you something. Let me save you some time. Yeah. I can't do a job. I don't know Tay about little girls. <laughs> now, I, I, just, I noticed I didn't say my kids are scared of me. Yeah. <laughs> I said my me. son is scared of me. <laughs> Only my, one. My daughter is I, It's like, but th- guess what, though? But she don't play with her mom. She don't play. And that's the battle. My daughter's slick. You know what my daughter's doing now? What she learned? She learned this new thing where she's like, she'll say, like her, her Halloween costume. She said, Daddy, you like my... I said, that's beautiful. Thank you, Daddy. Yeah. And then she'd be like, Oosie. can we go get cookies? Yeah. Yeah, she, oh, no, they yeah, not working. Bruh, bruh, they're not working. I'm telling y'all, I was scared of Lorraine. Mm. I was scared of my mother. Yeah. I, and and, and I, 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 I'm not scared anymore, but I was. <laughs> you you studied a little bit <laughs> no, saying no, no, that. No, no, I'm saying that, like, but I'm telling you guys, like, my grandma I was afraid. Though. JR, I, I ain't gonna like I didn't do dumb shit. I did dumb shit as a kid. We would go steal, but I was always the first one out the store. Yep. Mm. It, I, was this, I was the one that was like, all right, you get more? All right, cool, I'm walking out. And I didn't get caught. Yeah. Because I knew my mother would have came up to that, wherever we were stealing that, and fucked me up in front of everybody. Right. And that fear is why I'm here today. You know what I mean? And, and, and I just want to say this. I got to say this. And when we, that kid who has to go through this Nintendo Switch thing, who has to get sentenced, he's getting sentenced because he wasn't afraid of home. Mm-hmm. Now the system gonna have to train them, mm. and my thing is that this new world we live in of punk ass kids and everybody get a trophy and everybody needs to feel seen is making these kids weak. At at some point in time, a child is gonna get their heart broke, they're gonna break a bone, they're gonna hurt themselves, and our job as parents is to tell them it's okay, get up and keep going because it's more life to live. But if we, what can I do to make it better? It's like that was the fuck I would like. Mm-hmm. It was the fuck I would like. Kids need to be afraid of their parents. And if kids are afraid of their parents, we wouldn't have none of the shit we have in the world because they would be, I don't care what y'all say, I ain't never been worried about the police fucking me up. Especially when I was a little boy. I was worried about Lorraine fucking me up. What? <laughs> in front of the police, I, by the way. Day, I, <laughs> in front of the police, by the way. I can remember the police last ass when I got because my mom had to pick me and my sister up from school at the same time because we were both in the principal office. And to this day, I remember that Home Depot paint stick that she wrote Ooh. my fucking name on. Ooh. So I'm like, so literally, like, what, happens, what happened to that time where it's like, you mm-hmm. knew like, yeah, I ain't gonna do that shit. Yeah, what consequences? Like, yeah. right. like, don't even call like my mom, bro. Just go ahead. Please don't call my mother. I'll do anything else. I'll figure out where I gotta go. We figured out of school. Do not tell her. I'd rather not tell her she doesn't play. And to me, I feel like when I hear that story, all I think to myself is poor teacher having to raise this kid Mm -hmm. that is not afraid of their parents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You need to be afraid. Like, I don't care what y'all say. At one point in time, Beyonce was afraid of Matthew Knowles. Of course. And that's why she's great. That's why she was in there. Fear produces greatness. Fear of losing. Fear of getting your ass whipped. Fear of being laughed at. Whatever. And don't get me wrong. You still should act in spite of that fear. But that fear is why you come back better tomorrow. Yeah. And you come back better the next day. And then one day you wake up and you're the fucking best. And it's because I was afraid of getting, I was tired of that happening to me. So I had yeah. to become better. So when I hear that, all I think to myself is, man, I wish the, man, I wish they would. I wish I would get a call that my son is acting some kind of way. And yeah. my daughter too, I fucked me okay up. I just, she gonna cry for yeah. 18 hours. I will be remiss. I don't wanna go I'm still in your words. She will cry until, and she will cry until it hurts. And, oh, oh, oh. and I'm like, oh, you have an asthma attack. Get him at, like, it's like, it's like, I just, bro, can't do I, I've seen this. I've literally seen the switch in my daughter. My daughter would throw a tantrum with her mom. Yeah. And it'll be different now. It's like, when she throw a tantrum with me, I just give her a look. 
Never put my hands on her. Yeah. Never did. I just give her a look, and she's like, "Ain't nothing. Oh, ain't nothing scary. Nah, ain't nothing. Ain't, no sca- ain't nothing in the house yeah. scarier than a daddy going from, hey, mama, to don't fucking play with yeah. me.' Yeah, now nah, I spank. I my daughters. It, it's it's very hard. It's very hard. By the way, but and, I do it. And they I have to. Kids yeah. have rights. I don't have yeah. no rights. Yeah, yeah, they have way too many. Kids have rights. I imagine telling your kid, like I seen a woman say, "I can't whip them because they gonna call police. Tell them call them then." Yeah. Mm. That's what my mother used to say. My mother I will pack my your bag. I'm going you. to the system. Come on. I'm sending it to you. Let's see how they treat you. My mom you. hit me the phone and said, hey, but make sure when they come pick you up, you ain't walking out of the house with nothing that I bought right. you. Yep. I was mm. like, damn, I got to leave naked too. Everything. But you know what, too? Now that, now that you mentioned that, now that I just think about it, like my discipline comes from fear. Yeah. Because I, I, I used to tell my wife this. I was like, the reason I'm so disciplined is because I couldn't afford to make mistakes in my house. Me too. So my daddy would kill me, me too. if I if I didn't do exactly what he said. Me too. So I just couldn't afford to make those mistakes that other kids mm-hmm. can make. Bruh. And that's where my discipline comes from. Bruh, I'm trying to tell you, when I go to customer service, when I go to anything, I got that's why I stress my mom raised me to be a worker. She raised me to be a worker. I didn't know nothing else. So when I went to go be something else, she was like, What are you doing? You're not you can't be nothing else. But the point is, is that I that, even that. Even that, let me tell you who my mother is. I got robbed when I was 22 years old. Scariest day of my life. I got a gun put to my head. And I thought I was going to get killed. And two guys with me, I thought they got killed. So, I, so this is the scariest night of my life. And because I was selling weed. And you know, I go home to my mom. I, I, nigga, I ran, hid under a house for two hours, afraid to get killed. All I'm thinking to myself while I'm under a house is... Nobody gonna call my mom tonight and tell her her son got murdered. I'm gonna yeah. stay here. I'm, I'm in the mud, like yeah. hiding under the house. Went to the house, see my mom. All I wanted to do is see my mom. I yeah. went to go see her. Ma, I bust out in tears. I'm 22. What's wrong? I got robbed last night. Da, da. She said, I told you, you ain't no fucking drug dealer, <laughs> stupid ass. <laughs> no hug, no, are you yeah. okay? Yeah, I can see I it. pray for that shit to happen to your stupid ass because you ain't a drug dealer. Mm. Nigga, what, what, at that moment, what, do, what, what else option do I have in life? Mm. That's who, that's, when, I, when, when I get a gun to put in my head, my mom tell me I'm a dumbass. Nigga, I'm about to go be something. But, Ray, yeah. but this goes back to how we started with the Kostin Knox thing. And that's just why I think it's really important to have a conversation. Like, and rest his soul, I had a homie that died two days ago from high school. Bad. They robbed a Piggly Wiggly with a fake shotgun. He had to go to prison. He sat down for 10 years. He gets out of jail. His whole life spiraled out of, out of that. He just, got, he just died from gun violence two days ago. But from the fact of trying to think and like, you thought it was a joke. You were, you were in, mm-hmm. you're 15, 16 years old thinking it's a joke and thinking that the, the real world is not there. Mm-hmm. But the reality is this shit is real. Yeah. Like you have to deal with real consequences. So who goes back to how we started this? I, I said, I miss the days when they say, even though what we do is wrong, mm-hmm. no one is speaking about the consequences mm-hmm. of what comes with it. You know what that you start doing? I got a fucking album. We should do this together. I just mm-hmm. got a fucking album. We should go in jails and make albums with the inmates. So they can tell the of truth. Of them telling the truth. Yeah. Like, think about that. Like, even if the shit don't stream and it gets 800 streams, we know them 800 streams is 800 people that needed to hear that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, mm. imagine going in jail letting rappers rap about the shit that they, like, you don't want to be in here. Like, I, I honestly think we could put it off because it, it's necessary. And if you're going to let, and my thought process is, if you're going to let Kasha not come in here and play with these motherfuckers, you should have let us come in here and teach these kids not to play. Right. Amen. There's a lot of like niggas it. in jail that could rap. A lot of dreams and a lot of oh, yeah. a lot of dreams that died in jail. I got called in a TikTok rabbit hole. There's a uh, TikTok <laughs> called the, the Visitation. Talk, no, oh. there's a TikTok called the Visitation Room. And literally, it was I'm this sorry. old dude named Steven. Bro, he got locked up when he was 17 in Louisiana. He was the oh, he spent the longest time in Louisiana State Prison. He spent 63 years in state prison for some shit. He was like, it was a petty offense in 1958. 
This man died in prison for a petty offense, offense. that he got uh, sentenced to life. And you know, if you go to you get life in Louisiana, you're not getting out. Damn. And he's like, bro, I he said I never had a chance to actually be a kid, or be a person. I got locked up when I was 17. Yeah, and now he, that's what I'm saying, bro. Yeah. It's 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 stupid, Thanks, and we need more people like us saying it's stupid. You're looking at a millionaire that didn't sell dope to do it. Man. Look at a millionaire that didn't rob nobody to do it. You're looking at somebody who became successful, who wrote a book because he wanted to do it. Bro, go do whatever you want to do. I just we can't glorify this stupid shit, especially the father in me. Because mm-hmm. the, fa- the scariest part, this is the other part about being a dad. I know y'all feel like this. My kids going to have to live in that world. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm so against whole rap. Because I'm like, I don't want my daughter seeing that shit. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't want her to see it. I, like, I don't want her thinking that's okay. But I wanted to ask you, how do we how do we give Halloween back to the little girls? How what are you gonna do for the next generation? Y'all are all raising little girls. Y'all raising the next generation of the Halloween girls. So what are my, we gonna do differently girl, with this? Generation? I can ask you a very easy, yeah. I'm gonna ask a very simple question. Did your girl dress up like a hoe for Halloween? Of course not. Yeah, too. Yours? Nope. Not to my your not to my your daughter. Oh, I'm my your wife. My oh, wife didn't even oh, dress up. Oh, I know what you sense. meant though. Yeah. Nigga, my woman wouldn't dare. You wanna know yeah. why? Because they, they know daddy coming home and looking like, what the fuck you think you're going in that? Mm-hmm. So the way women stop stop on Halloween is about allowing men to lead again. And not thinking we don't fucking need y'all. And we can do it without y'all. And fuck y'all. If y'all want the world to be better, then you have to allow the man in the house. And you have to allow him to fucking lead. Good or worse. Like everybody in this room is paying for the sins of their father. <laughs> or benefiting from the blessings that their father left behind. Mm-hmm. JR just said, I was scared of my daddy. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm who I am. My mom was the dad. I was a tough motherfucker. But point is, is if you want to change things, you have to allow a man to say some, say an opinion. Not my body, my choice. By the way, <laughs> by the motherfucking <laughs> way. He said roadblock. By the way. <laughs> you seen that there shit, There is an NBA player. Oh, Lord. Lord. Whose wife said to him, bro, I ain't gonna lie, that made me not like women. I tell you why because because I don't care. I, 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 we had a little. I was frustrated earlier today. With hmm. the, we, we was in the office. Our pre-production. Me, I was frustrated, but I would never disrespect nobody. I will never disrespect you because I'm frustrated with you. I'm gonna ride with you because you on my team, baby girl. You better off leaving. <laughs> you gotta go. Like yeah. the fact that this man was a number one draft pick in the NBA, and now he has to deal with his wife saying, putting his business out. Record, we need the money. Baby, goddamn, baby. Like, but let me tell you something. We, we have to, all of us have to take in count who we lay next to, bro. Mm. They will be the greatest blessing to us or the greatest hindrance to us. And I'm telling you that that dude, Joe Smith, my nigga, run. Yeah. Run, my nigga. That brother looks gonna... like he was like sad as hell, too. Like, damn, like, I can't even do nothing about this, right? Like, but she ain't even, she didn't even have a conversation with him to tell him he had to find out on nigga, his she's own. She's filming as she's, she's talking, talking to him. Yeah, she's filming. Nigga, how many Listen. niggas you think from that one video went on her OnlyFans? Right. right. No, I want to see this motherfucker. I want to see what she doing. She, she made money off that video for she sure. She made nigga. She turned to you. But, but marriage that, is supposed to be it's supposed to be a unit. It should have been a conversation yes. before you even started that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Before, before I shouldn't have to find out. You know what I mean? We should have talked about it and say, hey, baby, we're struggling so bad. You know what? I think I'm going to go back to what I used to do. That should have been a conversation. And of course, I would have said, hell no. But it should have been a conversation. What are you doing on there? But why is that an option? No, what are you doing on there? By the way, I want to, we have to, we but all. But it wouldn't all, even have got that far. But my thing is, are you showing your body? Are you fucking another man? I need, it's a lot of things I need to know what you're doing on OnlyFans. I'm going to just say this. I would have got a job first. Right. If, if it came to that, That's I would say, something. you know what, baby? I'm going to go get a job. 
That's what I'm saying. Guess why what? is that the option? That's why the man got to be the leader. That's, that's why we're supposed why. to have that conversation. Okay, this is we, we're struggling. You know what? I'm gonna go get a job. And not only that, when I was up, you listened, and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. If he was still bringing in the money, she would listen. And to me, let me tell you something, ladies. Your pastor don't give you shit. You listen to him. Your boss doesn't pay you. Your boss, you get paid for your work you do for your boss. They're not giving you money. You will listen to your boss, your pastor, your therapist, but let that nigga say some shit you don't agree with. It's a fucking rap. So if you want to give Halloween back to the kids, if you want to kill whole rap, if you want to kill all of the hookah and restaurants, <laughs> if you want to kill all the bad shit going on in the black shit going on in the black community, all of it. Give it back to men. Bring the family unit back together like it's intended by God to be. With, yeah. the, with the man at the head and his woman right by his side, and he's leading her. If you want to change the world, that's what we need to do. If you want to change the black world, that's all we need to do. Did you see that video of the beautiful young white girl who was 19? I put it in our yes, chat, and she said, that, she said that my man should not be, be punished for telling me the truth. I just thought that was so profound because we should be able to be honest with each other without punishment. I just want to put that out there. I want to tell you. I the agree. Real. Your partner not- should be the one. If 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 the person you're laying with next to you every night can't be the honest person with you, besides your parent, who is gonna tell you the truth? They should want. Only you want the best for yourself. Nobody's gonna want better for you more than you. We know that, right? The next immediate person should be the, the person you're doing life with. So if the person you're doing life with can't tell you the truth, then 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 how are you gonna be gratitude? How how are you gonna how are you gonna I get there? I just want to say that. I Listen. just don't like that she said, you know who I who I was. Yeah, no, this is bad. That was hard. I hated that. Because if it, but that's what it's been about. however many years it's been, and you you haven't grown from that. That's that's when me I'm I'm gonna leave. I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna oh, leave. Oh yeah, she did. I'm gonna leave. I'm, I'm out of here. The papers are probably signed. Fellas, already. pack your shit up and right. leave the house. Yeah. Go find she somebody been ten years younger time. and go be happy with her. Yeah, she ain't grown in this time. Oh, yeah, right. I'm out of here. In closing, the last music question: Your favorite gangster R and B song, like a gangster R and B song. The first case this R&B song popped in my head was um, this song by this group. Was it, was it DRS? This is for my homies. This is for my homies. See you when I get there. And yeah. the Gangsta Lean. It's called Gangsta Lean. Gangsta Lean. Yeah, yeah. Gangsta Lean. Gangsta R&B song. I think R&B as a whole is Gangsta. Oh, it's R&B you said? Yeah, Gangsta R&B. Yeah. Oh, I missed that part. Oh, yeah, I, missed that was, the, I was definitely. Yeah. <laughs> that's, how I went, that's how I went to DRS. Yeah. See you yeah. when I get there. Yeah, it's got to be R&B. Don't go with rap. Like, Gangsta R&B, song. R&B. Gangsta's power. Wow, is that R&B? That's not R&B. Yeah, no. that's not R&B. That was a trial. You attempted. Give, give me your example. I don't have one. <laughs> I use Ray for this. I'm definitely going Nate Dog, but I'm trying to figure out what record it is. The mm-hmm. one I'm thinking I don't think is... No, because that's... No, that's rap. What was August? I've seen the first single. I love it. I love it. I love what, it. Was it. Would that be considered gangster? Well, I think that has aged terribly. <laughs> <laughs> he has a boyfriend now. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's aged terribly. I'm not. By the way, I'm oh, not. Man. <laughs> wow. When that shit dropped, all the women were on that nigga, and now we know. Okay, I got one. Um, Schoolie and Lucci. Oh yeah, but that, I mean, is that R and B? That's melodic R&B. rap. That's R&B. melodic rap. Oh, that's a good one. Right? That's so melodic now rap. We gotta figure out. If we because we if we doing that now, I got I got a word about. Go right way. Right. Of I, I, yeah, I, right. And I already know. I got a word. Matter. Yep. Green light. No, conversation. That's about, that's my joint. Say yes. Green light because that was my first plaque with right way. Conversations, conversations in the dark. dark. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Melodic rap slash R and B. Yeah. Green light. I'm going green light. Okay. I like 
like I'm going conversation in dark. Yeah. I guess I'm gonna go gangster lean by DRS. That's weird because yeah. or dark conversation. My bad. Yeah, I feel like there's a difference between R&B and melodic rap, but I'll let y'all have. I think but rock, rock, rock waves are R&B as a whole. Yeah. If you listen to it, I think that if you hear it and you listen to it, sometimes it's like it, it, it's gangster. If you talk it, it doesn't feel gangster when you sing it. When you talk it, it feels very gangster. Mm-hmm. Like I, see what you're saying. I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to let your ass go. So he sound good when he sing it, but if a right. nigga said it to you, that's just scary. I mean, Bobby Walmart. Then we can go Bobby Walmart. You think you're lonely now? Wait until wait wait tonight. tonight. <laughs> nigga, that's the most gangster shit. Oh, it's about what he got <laughs> and what that best friend got. <laughs> By the way, can we just can we just acknowledge something? I know we wrapping up. I just want to acknowledge music. What music is missing more than anything today is realness. Mm-hmm. I wanna. I feel like music, especially rap, is all blanket, right? By the way. Rap is, I thought about this today, rap is, the reason why rap is so successful or was so successful, as big as it was, because rap was the first place that black people got affirmations. Mm. Like, think about the rap affirmations that you got from, like, in the day. Like, like rap, like name a rap song. It, it feels good rapping them. Mm-hmm. Like, just think about, like, uh, what, what was nice? I rule the world. That's what I believe. Nah, the, the not, the, that's, that is not to you, right? Yeah, that's but, what that's affirmation. But, but I, I know the world. I can be I what I want to be. be. If, you. Yeah. But, I'm, but I'm just talking about, let's, take it, let's just take it further. Go back. Every other day I got a brand new car. Like, Special Ed was like, I yeah. got it made. Like, that yeah. shit is an affirmation, yeah. by the right, way. Right, right, right. Like, think about rap. Rap is rooted in affirmations for people. Yeah. And somehow we got, it got so toxic that now it's just rooted in being toxic. But rap was a place where we listened to to get confidence. I came in the door. I said it yeah, before. before. Like, that's made yeah. up feel good rapping that. Look at how you smile when you rap it. Yeah. Rap is the first place where affirmations were born. So what we need in rap right now, we need music in general, is more affirmations yeah. that I could rap myself. All I need. Like, when you hear Kanye say, no one man should have all that power. Like, you know how good that feel? Like, yeah. rap is the king of affirmations, and we've lost that. Now it's just the king of, like, BS and... Bullshit. We need to bring real, and I think we'll bring it back if we bring back real and just music and period. Music, period. Like artists are trying to sell their music when they should be trying to sell their lives or the lives they inspire to have. Mm. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. It's me thinking about what I want to sell. Like, okay, what life do I inspire? Like, no, nah, like even like that's why. But, but that's why if you look at female rap, that's a very tale sign about where black women are right now, because black women, the affirmation they want to sing is. There's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this house. Well, Certified freak. Certified freak. Like seven days a week. Seven days a week. Like <laughs> women. That's why I'm telling you. That's y'all affirmation. That's a, that's no. affirmation. Like what give me some. Like tomorrow? Tomorrow? you know it. Like <laughs> looking for the hoes. Oh yeah, yeah. Do y'all know Mariah's like, sciences or something? Somebody yeah. do some no, I'm positive. Just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know the words. Rap is a telltale sign of where we are as a culture. And rap females pushing rap. When you got raw, like don't get me wrong, there was an NWA, but there was also a common that spoke about, I didn't mind she went to go right with the niggas and the gangsters. You know, I just like when she was back in the hood doing this. It was very like, it's just, man, we got a, we got a, we got a lot of work to do, but we ain't going to get nowhere until we acknowledge that work needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And I feel like men have naturally are accountable. Like JR knows if he curses out a man or outside, he knows there's a chance that this man will kill me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He knows that. So he has to be sharper. You understand what I'm trying to yeah. say? Like when, like, 
We had it was a fight at the party the other night. Oh, we well, going to go there? Crazy, oh, no, right. it, no, <laughs> it was a brawl. Yep, sure. Guess was. what? The, the dude that got beat up, where did he run to? He's trying to get the car. I'm about to kill everybody out here. Men know that. Women, mm. y'all fight. It's funny. It's like oh, her titty out, <laughs> her ass is out. Break it up. Men fight. It's like it's, it could get scene. Nigga. Right. nigga, I'm about to. I, 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 so, I, listen, I told I my I told arguing. my whole family. I, I said, man, right now in Atlanta, an altercation is life or death. Mm-hmm. So I told my wife, I told my sister, do not start any altercation. And if somebody started the horn art- at people at look, the light. and if somebody started altercation mm-hmm. with you, you either leave. If they don't, if they won't let you leave, you kill them. Yeah, because that because it's life or death at that point. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so I made sure my entire family understood that altercations are life or death in Atlanta. Daddy is giving the daddy is giving the the outcome of something going bad. Mm-hmm. Like how many wars have fight started because of a, of a of a woman? How many Men have lost their life because of, of of pride. Men have pride, so there's a certain thing we know that. So pride because I know that, I'm gonna handle it different. I'm gonna be yeah. like, nah, chill, because mm-hmm. this can go bad. Women are like, fuck all that. What you gonna do, nigga? Yeah. What you gonna do? <laughs> and as soon as he, why? Yeah. He hit me. He's a woman. Baby girl, why are you jumping his face? Now I have to kill him. Right now, I have to kill him because he slapped my woman, and now I'm gonna be in jail, and you're gonna be home getting fucked mm-hmm. by somebody else. But <laughs> so you, you, unfair! You see, in my so to sex, unfair to Listen, be a man. I'm trying to tell you. You see, in my story, I was speaking to the women because they are usually the ones who start the altercations. And I think, but I think it starts from an even a simple level, right? You mm-hmm. can be at a restaurant, and a woman will argue. You say, "Baby, it's fine." She be like, "No, she, she, the point has to get like has her to get point made. Has to get, her, she has to get a point across." And you like. Bro, just relax. It's not, it's not that deep. Like, we're going to get it figured out. It's, it's, yeah. It can be fixed. Where I think women don't realize that shit can be fixed. It's easy. It's a, I'd rather have an easy fix yeah. than a hard fix of now, like like Ray said. Like, yeah. now that I had to shoot this nigga, and now I'm going to jail. If somebody no hurt way. your woman, you got to do something, and it has to be dramatic. <laughs> we know that. So, baby, be quiet. Yeah, calm like, down, please. Like, like, if he slap you now, I gotta stomp him. I out. have to, I yeah, have to stomp him out. I have to make an example of, out of him. Yep. I gotta let the world see this. Is what happens when you touch somebody with me? It's just too much weight on it. That's why it's okay to just walk away. Amen. That's all I'm saying. I agree. Yeah, nah, okay, saying, cool. I tell him walk away. By the way, thank <laughs> you, Jr. Yeah. This is this is we got some what's going on. I'm, I'm not <laughs> Shout out to our sponsors. Shout out to our sponsors. Shout out to everybody. Like, share, comment. Please do that. That's the only way we're able to keep this content going. It costs you nothing to do that. So just do it for us, please. I'll ask for, when you see me, tell me you did it and I, I owe you a hug or something. I don't know. <laughs> but mm. like, subscribe, share everything. Shout out to our sponsors, Yoko Vodka. Shout out to our sponsor, Totem Carry. This is the Culture Report presented by The God Show. And we are out. Oh, by the book, too. Oh, 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 yeah, by the way. Before we go, Timeless. buy this brother book. Yes, sir. Buy this brother book, not because you want to support this brother because he's a black man doing it, but because he's a, a black man who became very successful and he's given you the tools to become successful too. So you're not supporting him by buying his book. You're actually supporting yourself by buying his book. Got to get the narrative right because sometimes yeah. we be with the whole support, support. I don't want you to support. Support it because you want to win in life and you want to be in the music business. Support it. Let's Invest go. Invest in yourself. This Ten Artist Commandments. Yes, the yeah. Ken Artist Commandments was written by J.R. McKee. This is The God Show and we are out. Yes, Boom. Yes. That was hard. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.